0: Plus,
1: recorded live. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Movement Boxing Podcast, uh, you know, where we bring you all the latest and greatest news in boxing, unfiltered, uncut, unbiased, you know how we do it here, fuck the mainstream media. Uh, With that said, you know, we're going to start off with our panel uh, introductions, including myself, uh, all the co-hosts. I'm Twine the Divine Liberty of HoopJab.com and RockyMountainBoxing.com. Um, we got our co-hosts on the same usual panel. Starting off with uh, my boy from Colossal Boxing Talk, Big Cool, What's going on with you, pal? I'm good, man. How y'all doing today? Great, great, man. Uh, glad to do another show. Always an honor. Uh, We're going to swing it over to Bernard from the Truth and Facts about Boxing, holding it down for Bo as well today, who can't to be with us. Uh, what's good
2: with you, man?
3: Oh, yeah, I want to say what's up to everybody, and let me give a shout-out to Bo and his wife, Misha. Happy anniversary, and it's also her birthday as well, so happy birthday to her.
1: That's what's up. Right, that's what's up. Yeah, for real, for real, man. Um, then we're going to pass it on to our analytical expert over here, always breaking <laughs> shit down, 2K to from the God's <laughs> of Basketball. stuff. What's good, man? What's
4: good? Fuck that nigga, Bernard. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I ain't got nobody's birthday, anniversary shout out, but uh yeah, big ups the ball on that, man. That's what real
1: talk. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got uh something special for you today. Uh we will be interviewing the other real brother today. We uh had Anthony on last week. This week we'll have Andre Real on uh joining us, uh current one hundred sixty eight super middleweight pound uh title contender. Um That said, I guess we're going to try and jump off into one of our smaller topics before he comes on. Um, uh, I kind of wanted to do this as a special shout-out, man. Um, We had something special happen last night as far as a a historic moment in women's boxing. Uh, Amanda Serrano became a a five-division titleist last night. Um, First woman to do it. I mean, it's, it's a big look. It's a good look right there, man. I wanted to go around on the panel get everybody's opinion about, you know, uh, this historic moment and pretty much what the impact it could have on uh, women's boxing. So let me go ahead and uh, start off with 2K two two on this one.
4: Man, it's great, man. I've been saying for a long time that Amanda Serrano is the number two pound-for-pound pound, uh, women's fighter uh, right now. Um, there's a lot of cats out there that actually follow women's boxing. I'd actually want to put her over Cecilia Brackett. I can't do that because Cecilia Brackett's still – Uh, is the only undisputed fighter in all of boxing, men and women, and she's maintained that status uh, for a few years now. So I can't put her over her just yet, but that tells you um, of how good of a fighter she is to where her name is synonymous with being the best female fighter in the world with somebody who's the only undisputed champion in all of boxing. So, man, I congratulate uh, Amanda Serrano. I didn't get to see her fight. Um, but I know who Diana Santana is. She's a very, very cagey yeah. veteran. It was actually a good th- fight. It was a real good fight, man. Yeah. Well, she knocked it out in the eighth round, right? Yeah. Um But, yeah, from what I heard, and based on what you just said right now, it was a really good fight up until that point. But all of, all of Amanda Serrano's fights are good fights, and simply because... Her style, man. She's gonna she's gonna brawl a lot more than she actually boxes. She does have boxing ability. Yeah, yeah. She did uh, show that last
1: night as well. Yeah. She was she was boxing yeah. for some of the fights. So
4: yeah, she has boxing ability. She she can be very technical, but at times she's gonna brawl, and that's where you know she brings the crowd in, and a lot of her fights are exciting. Um, the the Yasmin Rivas fight right before that was very exciting. I went the entire ten rounds, and it was a big fucking brawl. So I mean. um Big ups to her, man. Like I said, number two, women's pound for pound fighter in the world? I can't wait to see what else happens. Hopefully, she can get on the west of man. We can see that goddamn Cecilia practice make a mega a fight, but I'm not sure about that.
1: All right, um, let's go to our other panelists. Um, let me start off with Bernard, or let me get your take your take on it, man. What do you think uh, this impact will have on women's boxing and just pretty much her place in history based on this, man? Um, I'm not quite sure about women's stance in the Hall of Fame, but something like that. Um, does, this, does this does this make that next step into the actually putting them in that category or getting more women in there? Uh,
3: uh, I, I think only time will tell with that because I will say that She made history as doing being the first woman to do it, but she also beat the record as the first Puerto Rican boxer to do it with their five divisions, because Miguel Cotto had four divisions. She made oh, it with true. five. So yeah. I got into it uh, with – I ain't going to talk into it somebody. Somebody told me that Amanda Serrano was not going to do it. I hardly think anybody pays attention to women's boxing like we do. And I think if you're listening, you should. Um, At this point, I think only times will tell because we would have to continue to push it. Being us, being the boxing purists that we are, need to continue to push
2: the great things that
3: happen in women's boxing. So we gotta promote this through our social media, and through the boxing groups and everything. And hopefully that it
0: bleeds into the mainstream and they
3: get an eye of it and see uh, Amanda Serrano for what she has done, become a, a, a champion in the division.
1: All right, and that's definitely one of the reasons I included that as a topic. I felt like it deserves some shine. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out to Showtime for what they've been doing this year with women's yeah. boxing. Um, they've definitely been holding it down. Um, man, uh, let me go ahead and pass it on to Big Cool. <clears throat> Big Cool. Yeah, fellas. Not to cut you off, but we got um, Andre and Locke. Okay, cool. Um, we definitely will come back to that. I'm waiting on uh, waiting for him to come in on our uh, on our queue now. RZ on a three way with you. Yeah, yeah, he on a three way. Okay, cool, cool, man. Uh, good looking on that. Uh, all right, so we definitely gonna start off this uh, interview now. We, I want to welcome Andre the resu- Resurrected, the real, to the show. I mean, glad to have you back on, brother, man. Definitely appreciate it. All the way, man. glad
0: definitely. Glad y'all,
1: I'm glad y'all have me. <laughs> all right, for sure, man. Uh, so definitely, let's get this thing started here, man. Um, I'll let the other panelists go first. So, uh, Big Cool, you got anything you'd like to start off with, the, with Chimp? Hey, first of all, I want to
5: say thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us again. Uh, we appreciate it. My first question is, uh, what's your mind state going into this fight? Um, this would be a third time challenging for a title, even though it's the IBF interim built for the right to, you know rematch with uh James Agill, do you feel any um fight. added sense of urgency um you know preparing for this fight than any other in the, in the, the past? past?
0: <clears throat> the urgency to become world champion is there, that I can't deny that. Um but there is no um there is no state of emergency. You know um I I'm a positive person man. I, I work my butt off and I perfect my craft. You know, so as far as the urgency goes, I'm just urged to be world champion. You know, I know my time will come, like I said before, thirty three, thirty three and young, and um and at the same time, the clock is the clock is ticking, man. So uh, I got a good competitor in Jose Uzatagi, and um I just I'm looking forward to really putting on a great show. So leading up to the Gale, uh Darrell uh, too you know, they'll have something
1: to look forward to. Uh-huh. All right. All right, Big Cool. Anything else you want to uh, ask before I can get over to our other panelists?
0: Not right now, not right now.
1: Guys, go. Okay, let me go ahead and pass it over to uh k man.
4: Hey,
0: what's
1: going on
4: with you, Andre?
0: What's going on, boss, man?
4: All right, man. Your boy, uh, Andre, or not Andre, excuse me, Jose, who's a Tegui, man, He's a tough fighter, man. Um, I've seen you coming off, I think you're coming off a, a small layoff. I think he is, too, actually, uh, back in August was the last time he fought. Um, but he only lost to Matt Korobov, who's actually a, a, a highly talented fighter, a highly talented amateur, and a highly talented fighter at 160 pounds. So do you have any, uh, any things that you're paying attention to? He's a big puncher as well going into this fight with uh, Uzi Tigua. Uzatagi,
0: Uzatagi. Uzatagi. Um, right. Um other than the power, he's a game fighter. You know, and yeah. that's all I have to pay attention to. But the main thing is paying attention to me, my craft, what I possess. You know what I'm saying? My talent. My gifts. You know, I got I have to from this day forward put them on display in the highest standard. There is no more warm-up fights, um, you know, um, getting the rust off. Like, I don't even believe that. It'll be 13 months when I get in the ring, you know, and I don't believe I'll I'll, I'll see an ounce of rust. I honestly don't. You know, um, I'm just really working on being the best Andre there ever was, you know, and I believe I'm doing that. So I'm going to pay attention to my game. You know
4: what I'm saying? And put it on display for you guys to be in all. That's what's up. So, this is going to be for the answer of IBF, you know, Super Middleweight title, which will uh, automatically grant you mandatory status to get that James a rematch. Right. Man, how psyched right. about that rematch, man? It was a very close fight. We interviewed your brother uh, a couple of days ago, sometime last week, me and Big Cool. Your brother said that uh, he yeah. felt that you took that fight walking away. Even though you were dropped twice, he felt that you beat uh, James DeGale. How psyched are you about getting that
2: rematch, man? I,
0: I'm very psyched, man. Um, you know, Even though I was, don't consider the, the second one a knockdown, I let him put me on my ass. I said this before and I'll say it again. You know, so yeah. I'll gladly accept that loss, you know. Uh, but with that, with that humbleness, it allowed me to pay attention to all of the wrongs, you know, that I did in that fight, you know. So, when it comes to the rematch, I'm very excited, man. I just want to put on a, an, an excellent performance, man, as well as uh, James DeGale bringing his A-game, man, because we put on a great fight the first time, even though it wasn't the best me, you know. Um, he beat an A-plus, Andre Durrell, man, you know, so... Um, I'm just really looking forward to it, man. I'm really psyched up, man. I'm ha- I'm happy as ever. Okay. Really. And my last, my last one
4: for you, one of the biggest things that pissed me off about you when you was in the ring with uh, with uh, James DeGale, of course, you know, I was going for you in that fight. Um, I was mad at you, man, because you didn't use your outside boxing ability to full advantage against James DeGale early on in that fight. Um One thing I want you to understand, and you probably understand this, you probably got your trainers telling you this, James DeGale, after the sixth round of every fucking fight that he's in, he starts to fade off, whether it's because of stamina, whether it's because, you know, maybe he's just not mentally, he doesn't have the mental fortitude to keep up his game plan, either or he fades after the sixth round. So do you think, based on, you know, what you know about James DeGale. If you didn't know already what I just told you, right? Do you think you need to try to bank the earlier rounds in that fight? Therefore there will be no situation like what happened in the next or in the first fight where the fight was too close to call and they give it to James DeGale.
0: Well uh, first of I like to thank you for putting that out there, but um I pay attention to all my wrongs and I and I did that quite too often. You know, yes. so I pay attention to that as well. That's why I'm so honed in on bringing in the best Andre Durrell. You know, I want to yes. go back to that boxer, you know. Um, once he put me on my ass, honestly, man, Um, the, just like Tyson said, man, the game plan went out the window. You yeah. know, and uh, it was all it was all ego from there. I mean, we got some heated matches, some heated conversations, and I really, really wanted to just expose him and just try to get him out of there, man, so. I, 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 my game plan just totally fell off. I even said this myself. It's not about banking the rounds. I honestly, I, and, I, and I'm not saying this being cocky, I honestly believe that I'll win every single round the next time we fight. You know, okay. so um, it, it, whether he gets tired or not, I, I, the, the fight you saw before, you'll literally, you probably get madder at me like, why the fuck did you do it the first time? You know, yeah, what I mean? right. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I it, it only took me one time to watch that fight, even though I watched it numerous times, to um, to see where I fucked up at, man. As simple as that, man. Um, like I said, Dez the is a tough fighter, but he does a lo- a lot of things wrong, including fade. You know, um, absolutely. He's he's definitely exposed, to him, especially after we have seen what Bobby Jack did to him. I'll just put it out there. Right now, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. the confident I am, a one-two alone oh. keep keep uh, James DeGale on his ass. Uh, you know, uh, put him on his ass and not be whooping him all night. Just a one-two. You know, and that's not yeah. me being cocky. I'm putting that out there. So if he hears this, then oh well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I have a solid, you know, I really got. I really got a solid game plan for that boy, man. I, I I just really, really never really been focused like I'm focused now, and it's it's a damn shame because of the talent that I possess and how long it's been, you know what I'm saying? One, I only fought for two championships, and two, I haven't been champion yet, even though I know I beat Frost, you know. Oh, yeah. um, but um, like I said, man, the 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 key is staying positive. You can, people are going to tell you it's impossible. You can't move mountains. You know, um, you, you're 33 now. I mean, I heard when Andre Berto was fighting yesterday, you know, uh, when they forget that uh, Bernard was 48. When he won a championship, forty-seven, forty-eight years old. Floyd Mayweather can keep boxing right now. He's 40 years old. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Triple G, he's a year older than us. Andre Ward, he's around our age. And no one's talking about that when you see winners. See, I consider myself a winner because, I, honestly, even though I got put on my ass, nobody has ever seen me get my ass beat. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, uh, uh Andre, Andre Berto been in some war. Now, I don't know what's set in his mind. Um, as far as his abilities or his awareness or it's a lot of things I feel like it's just scrambling in Andre Bardo's head. That's why we saw the fight that we saw yesterday because I honestly didn't see a game plan at all. And and I'll tell you this, it it wasn't that he was 33 years old. I'm sorry. You know, he was, he was missing something else. I mean, a lot of the times, man, training camps is 10 times as harder as the fight, you know, but, um. He and he fell apart in there. We all know it's a, it's a. I believe it's a mental thing, you know. And with the, with, with us evolving, you know, I believe I can do this for five more years, easy. Even though I don't want to, and even though I won't, you know, what I'm saying I can do this for a long time, man. So, um, the, 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 the big picture for me is to stick to my game plan, no matter what happens. If I get dropped ten fucking times, get back up and handle my business, man. You know, so. I'm just making sure I'm be smart from here on out, man.
4: Absolutely. And I can tell you right now, I agree with your assessment of Andre Burrow not having a game plan. That was my biggest critique on him. And to be honest with you, man, me and you are the same age. You know, I turned 33 this year, and I'm still able to do shit that I'm apparently not supposed to do to all these young niggas when it comes to basketball. So, you know, I'm saying. here goes to that. Fuck, fuck the whole age thing you keep doing, you fam. I appreciate right. that. Right. That's
5: right.
1: I appreciate
4: you, man. You ain't ready for
1: Barkley, though, TK. You're not ready for Barkley. 4-0. <laughs> 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> All right. Let me go ahead and pass it over to Bernard, man. You got anything you'd like to ask the champs? Uh-huh. Mr. Durrell,
3: um, I do uh, have sir. a question. How does these sanctioning bodies work with the system and everything like that? I would I have to ask the boxers because I got uh-huh. I, We'll probably be able to answer that question, but what do you? How does that work?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you you want to know too, huh? <laughs> 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 hey man,
0: you ain't gonna get me exposed to uh, how the radio system works. All I
2: know is,
3: all I know is, my like popcorn, baby.
0: Um, once you cut that microwave on. Does I mean uh meaning once you get in that ring, if you with the right people, got the right names behind you, you can go from fifty to two. I mean it's simple as that, man. You know what I'm saying? I feel like in this game today, it's honestly who you know. You know what I'm saying? And what kind of moves they can make, man. So I have I am literally puzzled as just as puzzled as you, if not even more, when it comes to the ranking system.
2: Because I mean I
0: see it all the time, guys just be placed here, placed there. You know um. I mean, it's good for us as fighters, you know what I'm saying. But it's 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 a big downfall for the ones who aren't, you know. Well, their road is a little harder. If they're good enough, they'll be there. Period. You can't stop that, you know. But um, there's just a lot, there's just a lot of uh, name, big names out there that can make big things happen, man.
3: Okay, okay.
0: I, I honestly believe there's no rules to the um. There's no rules to uh, the ranking system, I and that's just how I feel. You know, I, I I can't give you that answer because I mean because Al told me anything or when I was a Gary Shaw or 50 Cent, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, um, all I know is, is I just believe that system is flawed, This is any other system, man. Well, what mm-hmm. you I mean,
2: what
0: you gonna say on um, B?
2: Um, do you
1: think it's one of those things where it's like they make it up as it goes? Is that what you're kind of getting at? Or, say it again? Um,
2: again. Is it
1: those things where you think they kind of make up the rules as they go or it, it, it depends on is the it situation? Money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would
2: say
0: is it money? Is it money? Uh, well, well, the fighter makes the money. The fighter brings the money. So it's really like this, man. If they believe in their fighter, if they believe that their fighter is good and they have that diamond in the rough, then they do everything to get him on top. They're just not doing that for every Joe Blow. You know, okay. so if they if they got a lot of confidence in this fighter, you know what I'm saying, because everybody's going to tell you what you want to hear, but then only and speak louder than of words, man. So um, usually when you see be, uh, fighters being bumped up so fast, you know, it's because, you know, they believe in them. You know, I, I, I think it's, Fighter first, and then the money second. You know, so like that—that that just all runs in the same little boiling pot there, or swims yeah. in the same pot.
1: That actually makes a lot of sense considering they get paid on the percentage. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that does make things, yeah, you know, Bringing in a, the bigger cash cow, they probably will push. It makes a lot of sense. Bernard, um, do you, you want to ask, man? I do. Uh,
3: this is Bernard again, Andre. Uh, for these long layoffs, how do you keep yourself, I understand you keep yourself physically prepared in the gym. How do you um, keep yourself mentally prepared? What do you do? Do you listen to, like, certain music or read books? What's the thing you do?
0: Man, listen, man, layoffs suck, man. I'm going to just say that first and foremost. There's nothing you really can do to combat that, Okay, you know what I'm saying? and And I mean that there's nothing you can do. You know, um, uh, of course, I'm going to be typical with you. I'm going to just stay in the gym and keep working and staying positive. You'll hear that from every hungry fighter, you know. um, But um, you do what you can, man. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm in and I'm out of the gym when I need to be. I know when I'm working too much, and I know when I'm not working enough. You know, it's, like I said, I've had had a few big wars in Carl Frosch and, um, you know, Arthur Abraham, you know, Victor Ogunoff. I had some tough fights in there, man, and I ain't really been in no wars. Like I said, I ain't been back and forth with James McGill. You know, I had some tough fights, man. So, um, but um, as far as these other fighters, man, I I haven't really been in no war considering I've been off four years on top of that, two after the Abraham situation and two with the fifty cent situation. You know, so that's four years gone. And now we go to come to, there, to to this situation where most of um uh, most of the man's uh fighters is um uh fighting once a year, you know, we don't really know what's going on. So if if we focus in on understanding that we might have a long layoff, then we'll know how to um space out our workouts. Keep a strong mindset. Make sure our finances are straight. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And just live life and be a boxer at the same time. Man, it's a difficult situation. That's all we want to do. Is these fighters, these
2: these these
0: fans will be they hit you all day. Um, when you fighting again, when the next time you get in, I I'm tired of you not fighting. When you gonna get in the ring? You have to understand. If I can get in the ring every day, I would. And that's with every other fighter. It's so much business into boxing man that you know, um you a fighter has to know some of it. I say most of it, you know what I'm saying, to be able to move on successfully with his with his career. Win or lose. You know, there's all kinds of fighters that's been a situation where I can't even understand Chris Bird, one of the nicest guys in the world, had to sue Don King. Um we see this uh situation with Andre Ward, the most stand up Christian that I know. You know what I'm saying? Uh these fighters that just wanna fight and can't. You know, it's a lot of business. It's a lot of business in boxing, a lot of politics, man. So you have to just learn how to space it out. You know, what I'm saying, if you're not, if the, if the guy's not picking up the phone for you, to, uh, for you to find out when you're fighting again, if only time you get a call,
2: um,
0: is uh close to fight time. You know, what I'm saying, and any other time you can't get them, then you have to understand that there's some troubles going on. You just got a lot to combat that time, man it's it's an intricate situation it's really hard to explain that's why i that's why I went on for so long. you know, but I'm trying to make y'all understand you know
1: all right uh Bernard, anything you like to ask uh I probably
3: have to ask one more question um with p b c and al heyman and you got you got uh, fighters doing commentary so you see yourself doing that um
2: uh, in the near future
0: you know, I'm really hooked on wanting to do that. I mean, very much so. I, and I don't know why I um kind of didn't focus in on them because I'm really just focused on my career. But I really didn't pay attention to it before. But, yes, that is something I want to do, man. You know, I watch fights all the time, man, and I watch them closely. And I, and I can analyze a fight pretty good, man. And I'm pretty camera savvy. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to being in front of a camera. Believe it or not, man, um, my youngest son will be Probably be the only boxer, and that's a big problem. He wants to now; he's five years old. Other than that, then I might just be in and out the gym, you know. After my career is over, you know, because you know, I mean, I, it's another life out there, man, and I'm and I want to live it, you know. But if my son is gonna do it, then I'm gonna be with him all the way. Okay, I'm, I'm with that though. All right. Uh Bernard. No, no more questions,
4: B.
2: Okay, Andre,
1: I got a uh, a couple of questions for you. Um, I guess I want to start off with your immediate fight at uh at Bay coming up against. Uh, I don't want to mess up his last name again, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off and just say yeah. Jose. Jose, and,
0: just say Jose,
2: right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: considering what's at stake here, you know, you have a possible uh, a redemption match with James DeGale, which has been touched on um, already. I mean, how far, ha- how hard has it been for you to keep? Focus on just this task at that's in front of you, knowing what's at stake. You know, um, we've seen it. You know, where fighters can overlook a, a fight leading up to something that's bigger. I mean, so how hard has it been for you to, you know, just stay honed in on on this specific fight?
0: You brought up a good point. That's huge because no matter no matter how much, um, I really even focus in on uh, Jose who was a tagi. I can't keep James James off my mind. You know, I'm always looking at the big picture, and that's what we're taught, to look at the big picture. You know, and that's the same in boxing. We don't overlook opponents. I don't take any opponent for granted. You know, the one loss uh, he has to Matt Vacorbaugh, and I'm in the gym with Matt Vacorbaugh, getting work with him all the time, you know, um, and he has his flaws. But he can be just as tough as James DeGale, as far as I'm concerned. I'm a humble human being, man. You know, and I take everybody seriously because all it takes is one shot to put me in the coma. You know, and that's from anybody. So it's i it, I'm not gonna lie, it's kinda hard to stay focused because I'm so hungry. You know, I wanna I want a title, man. I want a title so um of course I'm focused in on James McGill. But um I still see him at the top and as I climb the ladder I know there'll be some stops along the way. So with um, Jose Uzatagi, I can focus in for, I want to say, four or five days a week. Sundays is always my time to think about him because I sit down and watch a lot of film. Like, I watch a lot of him today, you know, um, and um, I focus, you know, and I just give him my time because at the end of the day, I have to. I got to pay attention to him just as much as the next man. Everything, as far as I'm concerned, is a championship fight for me because, you know, one loss could be it, you know. But um, it, 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 it's is it's different. What I'm not going to lie, I'll probably be one of the first boxers to tell you that.
1: All right. Um, well, Let me get your take on the 168 pound division right now. I know last time we had you on, it was a, a lot different. You know, of course, Badu Jack was still um in the division, and you know, we were looking at the James, the Gale, and Badu Jack. Um unification belt, but now that's, you know, the situation's completely different. Your brother's fighting for the WBC belt that Badu Jack uh, vanquished, and um, you're fighting for an IBF title eliminator now, so you're back in the hunt as well. Um, how do you see the rest of the 168 class when you're looking at guys like, you know, uh, of course, your brother's fighting, Caleb Smith, uh, you know, you got the WBO champion, Gilberto Ramirez, who lost last night, and, uh, you know, even George St. Rose. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Ramirez lost last night. No,
1: no, he fought last night. I said he fought, he fought last night.
0: night. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I missed that fight. Wait, he fought on the uh, on the card with uh with, the, uh, it, with the boy uh, Shakur.
4: Yeah. 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 He's on that one. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know he fought. Um, I honestly think he's the one of the toughest in the division right now.
2: Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I like
0: him. He's a tall, strong Mexican. And he knows how to box, like, really easy. He knows how to use his height. You know what I'm saying? He brings the onslaught. He's a great body puncher. You know, Um. I think he's one of the top in the division, man. And then we're looking at even Triple G coming up. So that'll make the division packed. I mean, uh, action packed again as well. You have my brother. You have McKayla Smith, with the, who is really good. I like him as well. You know what I'm saying? Well, he's. He's good, you know. He's a he's a he's a he, he knows how to box. He know how to play his punches. He he really has more of an American style than he does yep. like a European style. Yep. My you know, um, but um, um, one sixty eight has this moment, um, and I think it's, that moment is back on the rise. Seventeen and eighteen to be a huge year for sixty eight again because it was packed once before, like around the super six, like it was the biggest division, and um, I think it'll be back uh in that same uh line like in another year or so. You know, but um um these young guys coming up every day man, they're hungry. So um uh I can definitely look forward to staying at this weight class until i retire. I was thinking about not, you know, um but uh, I know I can stay at this weight class until I retire because I know it'll be active packed by the time I uh want to Okay.
1: Um let me get your uh, answer to this one as well. Um both you and your brother are, in, tra- are in, in training camps right now. Basically, I don't think there's a date for your uh, brother's uh, fight with Kalen Smith yet. The last that I heard, I was, I was hearing it was June, possibly, but uh, nothing is that set in stone yet. But um, with you guys being in camp simultaneously, um, do you guys do you know anything as far as critiquing each other or you know just what, what's that process like for you guys as far as talking about your upcoming upcoming bouts and training? Um, is that something you guys go through?
0: And that there really is no process. Anytime, time, like, uh, we're usually, like, back and forth. Like, he'll come from either 10 to 12, and I'll go to 12 to whatever, two, whatever, you know what I'm saying, or it could be vice versa, or we're in different at the same time. And when we're there, mainly we're just mingling. When I get serious with my brother is when he steps in the ring to fire, you know, and uh, vice versa, you know what I'm saying. That's when I'm in his head telling him what he needs to do. You know, um, being a boxer that I am, he takes a lot of advice with me, you know, because, you know, Anthony can bang and he can get, and he can get somebody getting his head like that too, and then he gets off to the races, man, he's a strong puncher, mm-hmm. man, so he try to utilize that, but I try to tell him how to be smart, keep a calm head, you know what I'm saying, stay smart, and that gets through experience from what I've been through, you know, and then it's the same way Anthony, man, if I'm doing something wrong, he's in my ear, you know what I'm saying, that's just, that's, and that's important, you know, but, um, other than that, man, we have good training camps, and, you know, we just stay on each other's heads. That's all.
2: All right.
1: Um, and no you problem. mentioned uh, early on in this an in interview, um, you felt like you could do this for another five years, but you probably won't. Um, so let me get yeah. your your ultimate, you know, career ending as far as you being in the ring. Let me get your, your final take as far as, you know, how do you want your career to wind down? Um, you said you could stay at 168. Three. Um, how would you like your career to wind down?
0: When 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 these when these three years is over, I will be at least guaranteed a three time world champion. You know, um, the main thing is me getting what I want. You know, and 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 that's definitely the titles, and with titles come with money. You know what I'm saying, and with money, uh, I can continue to build my empire. You know, so. Until I don't need to fight anymore, then um, um, I'll continue to, you know, I'll I'll let it go or I'll continue to go, you know. But I'm going to retire three-time world champion, no doubt in my mind, mm. three
4: years. Mm. Mm. I'm going to hold
2: you to that. Hold me to it. <laughs> hold me to
4: it.
0: At least, three times, at least three times. There's more out there, but like I said before, if I don't need to be in there, then I won't be. It's a it's right. a very hard task for somebody who's been doing something all of these years because I'm just not really coming into realization with it. I've been boxing for as long as I can remember. I mean, I know I was, my first competition was 10, but I've been in the gym since I was 7, 8 years old. And for someone mm. to say that you're done, you can't do it no more, I really got to have ask God and God only to give me the strength to let boxing go, you know, because right. it's something, it's a part of us, it's our life. It doesn't feel like a phase. It does it's feel like something we can do for the rest of our life. Literally, it feels like that, you know. So uh, all I pray for is God to give me the strength to be able to let it go, you know, when it's time to let it go. Because, like I said, I know I'll be at least a three-time world champion. And when I'm back, I know it's about that time for me to go ahead and hang it up, man. I'm starting to feel the pain of working out or running, you know, so I'm getting older. I I, I wish I felt 22, but I don't. You know, I I you know, uh um, a workout, they hurt now. You know, so it's all about being smart and catering to my career, catering to it. You know what I'm saying? Um uh, getting the most out of it right now, man. I got to I got to got a small window and a little bit of time to uh get through it, man. So, I'm working. All right,
2: man,
1: so, you brought up a good point. I definitely want to uh get your take on this um we've heard other fighters say it as they've aged um you know like floyd and andre ward even recent in more recent times uh talk about how they've had to adjust their skill sets because of aging and not necessarily having the same i guess basis intact because of you know age and whatnot um do you feel like you're at that stage right now or or do you feel like you're just just learning anyway you know you're always learning like what do you feel
0: about that that whole thing I mean I honestly feel like I'm always learning. You know, uh until 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 my body tells me that, you know, it's time. You know, like nobody can tell me I don't even think a fan earns the right to say when it's time to retire. I hear everybody saying, um Andre Burdo retire, it's time for you to retire, it's time for you to retire. You know what I'm saying? Um that's up to him. You know what I'm saying yeah, you gotta man. listen to your mind. You gotta listen to your body first. You know you gotta listen to what your mind saying. You gotta listen to what you and you only telling You we 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 let we let the fans have an input, but we can get so sold up with them, especially with the social media. Back then, Roy Jones, they was only magazines. You know yeah. what I'm saying the newspapers and whatnot. Now it's you know it's it's, it's every joke blowing their mom on there talking about some. You did a good job. You can work on this. You can do this better. You know what I'm saying? And some of them we kind of develop a relationship with. And when, and, and when that person has the guts to say it's time for you to retire, you think about it. You forget that he's just a lawyer you fan, you know what I'm saying? And he's just a regular Joe Blow on the street, you know what I'm saying? But he, they can drive you away from your ambition. And I don't want nobody to do that, you know, so – um, until I until my mind tells me Dre, it's time to let it go. If if I gotta even second guess it, then yeah, it's gonna be time to go. You know, I'm not uh, until then. I don't. I feel young. You know what I'm saying? I work my butt off. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm working smarter and not harder. I'm always learning, man. You know. Um. So, yeah, man. I feel like I'm always learning, man. I feel like I'm always. I can always. I got Woman Improved. I got, I got, I got Bernard Hopkins to thank for that. Like I said, I got Floyd Mayweather to thank for that. You know what I'm saying? Even Glenn Johnson. You know, mm-hmm. look when he won yeah. the world title. Look how old, look how old he was when he beat Roy Jones. And then look nope. at the streak he had after. You know? Yeah. So you, it's not, it's not in the fans' place to say. Even though I, we, I mean, I, I can't deny that right It's freedom of speech. I think that's what it, that it should really be. Don't write me a big essay under the comments telling me why you should think I retired, because you don't know what we go through, you know what I'm saying, period, you know, and you don't know what it takes, so um, I take them as suggestions and, and suggestions only, but I don't let them eat at me, only my mind can tell me, and only I can tell me that, Dre, you getting too old for this, you know, so the, my objective now is to keep believing, you know, while I have my youth, period. All
2: right.
1: Yeah, uh, fellas, you guys got anything you you like to ask? That I want to call I'm gonna call them the champ and waiting because I'm I'm telling you it's just a matter of time. Uh, and we, we've always we you know. always known it's coming. So I mean, we gonna call him champion waiting. Easy word. I got
0: another question. I another
5: question. Andre, this would be cool. Yeah, we've seen you at the best when you when you face you know the power punchers, the call punches, and the Arthur Abraham where you dominance. This was the Abraham fight. Is it safe to say that you're going to try to take that much of approach against, um, I don't know fuck it's names, I'm going to call him Jose, um, you know, in your upcoming fight, a little more, I ain't going to say a lot more movement, but more movement than we've seen in the, your last few fights, just to avoid, well, you know.
0: Right, right. Well, um, it's crazy how you go through your phases in the sport of boxing, man. Just like in life, you go through your phases. Um, <laughs> I started off believing I moved too much, letting the, letting the Letting the crowd get to me, letting what people say get to me. And nevertheless, yes, I was moving too much. You know, and then um, I got to the point to where I finally got out of the of the um I finally got out of the um fifty six situation and I still felt like I had to show the crowd that I could be in and I can be a force and I can bang. That's why you see him knots on my face and bumps busted lips when I finished fighting the gals. Even a boy, I just fought last, whatever his name is, I'm blocked right now um, Cap- but, his yeah, Caparello, that's right, Caparello. you know what I'm saying, um, and I know I'm still that boxer. you know, so uh, it is safe to say that you know that, but with that being said, and everything that I've been through, you know what I'm saying, I'm at the point where I definitely critique my critique my craft every day. So like I I get great work with the Cubans in Miami. They fight a lot like Jose Uzatagi. You know, um, I got work here come in. Daya Davis, I work with him. Steve Jaffard, I work with him. You know what I'm saying? Great inside fighter and Steve Jaffard. I mean that boy professional, he has defence like a wall, you know, um 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 so um I'm working on it, man. Like I said, I'm working on angles, you know what I'm saying? I'm working on boxing, I'm working on really learning how to utilize the ring. And I can say I got it down. You know, even just sitting there watching one of my favorite softballs in the game, a Lomitinko. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got to learn how to utilize that ring, man, and, and, and make the most of your, of the space that you have. You know, because every step you take is an opportunity. You know, so um, I definitely think, I, I definitely know, or I can tell you that, yes, you'll see a boxer and the Guerrero, you won't see that guy who's sitting there trying to uh, hit you, hit me, you know, situation. Okay.
5: Okay. I got yeah, one, 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 one last question. We move forward. I know you, you focus on super middleweight, but you gonna
0: give us that 100-word fight, man, before you before both of y'all hang it up. That's the fight I s want always wanted to see. I know, right? Hopefully he don't. He doesn't retire. You know, cause that's what I see coming up. Um, I mean, I I think he said stated that he's gonna retire. If if he was gonna retire, if uh. Kovalev wouldn't have agreed to the standards that he wanted, but he did. So uh, I mean, and we all know Andre Andre uh, War hasn't much to prove anymore. But that's definitely a fight I would love to end my career with. No doubt about it. If we can make that happen one day, that'll be a that'll definitely be a dream come true, man. You know, I want I want that fight just as bad as the fans want to see it. I love Andre War. He's a great guy, man. He's always been in the, the role model. Hell of a fighter. If you want
2: to test the skills, that's the guy to do it
1: against, right there. Yeah. the S O G man, give us that fight. <laughs> yeah, that right. definitely be one of the chess matches that we would enjoy. Uh, I definitely Hell yeah! Want to. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, you got any uh, other questions for the champion? champion? Waiting before we let him go. Man, I gotta,
4: I gotta, I gotta ask this one thing, man. It should be quick. You know, this is two K again, man. Me and Big Cool, like I said earlier, we we interviewed your brother. And I, I I tried to give it to your brother straight, but he kind of he knocked me off of my equilibrium a little bit when he I tried to tell him that I thought he lost the badu jack fight, um, which oh, yeah. he did, and the badu jack you know body, body, exactly the body jack fight very similar to Calvin Smith, very similar, and it's funny what you said earlier. Calvin Smith doesn't have the European style. Those two kind of do the same kind of things. They both possess that straight right hand. They both have the body work. They both are very patient. Yeah. They're economical with their punches. It's almost the same style. The only difference is Bobby Jack may be a little bit smarter than Callum Smith, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I tried to tell Anthony, <laughs> you know, hey, brother, you know, he beat you. Do you need to make any adjustments going into a mm-hmm. ring with a fighter that fights just like Jack? But he kind of cut me off and said that Badoo Jack didn't beat him. And he said that yeah. Bobby Jack didn't do enough to beat him as a champion, which I highly disagree. So I'm going to ask you, do you feel that Anthony Durrell going into the ring with a guy that fights very similar to
2: Badou Jack should make any adjustments in that fight? Uh, Anthony definitely needs to make some adjustments. We didn't see
0: the Anthony Durrell, and he has to come to terms with that. One thing about it, if a fighter moves along with his career after a loss and is in denial about the loss, then then he doesn't think that he needs to make adjustments, you know. Mm-hmm. And I told my brother because he said the same thing to me. I said, Anthony, you lost. You just wasn't you, though. You weren't yeah. you. You know, as simple as that, man. You stood there. You took too many shots. He was, he was more action-packed than you. He was there, you know. Um, so if he's going in there with Cal- Callum Smith, now I want to watch Callum again. I don't think he has as good a defense as, as Bottle Jack, you know, but uh, he definitely carries some of the traits. So if Anthony wants to get this victory, and I believe he will, um, he needs to box him and he needs to punch him. You know he needs to yeah. mix it up. He can be Anthony sometimes, but he'll have to take the guy off his horse. You know what I'm saying, figure out what McCallum Smith likes to do and take that away from him. Simple and plain. You know Anthony's gonna have to definitely put a rabbit out the hat in adjusting his uh, style, of uh, um, considering that McCallum fights like Badu um, Jack. You know, so yes, I can, I can, uh, I can somewhat agree with you there.
2: Have or, you uh, uh, ever worked each other's
1: uh, corner? Just wanted to get that quick take. Uh, have you guys ever worked to, uh, each other's corners for one of your fights?
0: No, I never have.
2: Okay, I just asking because we've seen
0: have, we it, see was probably, it was probably earlier. It was probably early in the career, like when he was probably fighting Slim or something like that. I don't, I'm not too sure, but I don't think so.
1: Okay, I just asking because we've seen uh, one of the Charlo brothers in and. Uh, well, actually, uh, Jermall Charlo and Jermell Charlo's uh, corner last,
0: night, So I just was wondering the if corners, was something right. like that. Done. Yeah. Yeah, they, they seem pretty close, man. Um, We just let the coaches do their jobs, man. You know, Anthony will gladly have me in the corner. I'm not even worried about that. But he has his table and I have mine. So we're yeah. not going to just swap each other out for, for the comfort of him being in the corner with me. Okay. <laughs>
2: All right, fellas. Any other questions? I'm good, man. I appreciate
4: you. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty on that question, uh, Andre. That was uh, that's exactly what I was looking for, man. I wanted to see if uh, if you were going to tell me your your honest opinion on that on that on the assessment that side. I really appreciate that. Yes,
2: man.
1: You got it, man. What is it about? All right, and we definitely want to thank you for coming in on our show again. Um, it's always an honor to have you on. Uh, We definitely are looking forward to your fight and you becoming the champ, man. Uh, We've all been waiting for this moment, not just like you guys. So we're we're definitely proud, man, And we're going to stay supporting you all. least here, you know. Thank you
0: so much, man. I appreciate
2: that. All right. You have a good one, man. Yep. All right. uh, So we were talking about uh, Amanda Serrano prior to uh,
1: the interview with Andre Durrell. uh We got pretty much come to the end of that topic anyway. Um, so I guess we'll go into our reviews for the fights from this past weekend. Um, we got probably like two or three we'll do. Um, the Oscar Valdez, Miguel Mariaga main event last night. Um, we'll start off with that one. Um, let me get 2K to break this one down for us real quick and get an assessment of a uh, Man, there's
4: a whole lot of shit to ask about this
1: fight, uh um, oh what, what fight was this? Oscar Valdez and Miguel Mariaga.
4: Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch this fight, man. Um I was too busy <laughs> I was too busy doing videos on Sean Porter and um Charles Hadley, uh their fight, so that's why I didn't I didn't even get that fight, man. But I heard from what y'all said, man, I heard <laughs> that it was a close fight and the scorecards were basically too wide for what was actually Happening in the ring, y'all y'all actually gonna enlighten me on this one?
3: Um, B, we. Right, yeah, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off two k. I didn't mean to cut you two all two k. I apologize. Uh, do you want to take this one first because you could take it and I could come right back after you, or we could just mix yeah, it up? Yeah, yeah,
1: I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and take it, man. Uh, I watched the fight too. You watched it too, uh? Before? Oh, you watched? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I watched. Okay, so I'll go ahead and let you uh, get your assessment as far as uh the decision, um. Yeah, let me get your take on the decision first off, man, in, in, in those scorecards. We had uh, I think what a one nine, what was it? A one nineteen uh no, what what fight was it? We we had a pretty, some pretty uh weird scorecards in there, but let me get your take on the decision. I scored
5: it for um not validated something like that. I I um, I, I had to go back to, like I said, I just watched it before we went on um, air. So I'm not really, you know, I had to watch it again, but I'm definitely confirming believing that uh um, what's the guy's last name? Valdez or Mariaga. Yeah, Mariaga, I'm definitely from that he won the fight in my opinion.
0: I didn't like that
2: Valdez
5: didn't use his jab enough. he was he would lead with the left hook and not set up anything until the later rounds with his jab and, and he just take five shot which he, he took okay, but you could tell every time um, he would get hit, he would fold up and you know he would you know drop his hands to try to protect that rear cage. He just was exposed a lot defensively in this fight. I don't know if he took, you know, his opponent, you know, for granted, but this definitely wasn't the Valdez we were accustomed to seeing. And, like I said, I'd like to see him use his jab to set up everything, and, you know, set the distance. But his opponent came to fight, but Valdez does have that power. He does have a heart, and he does have a good chance. So
1: it was definitely a great
5: fight, but he lost that fight
1: in my opinion. And let me just give a recap of the scores, man. Um, we had a 119-108, to 118-109, 108, and 116-111. All of these scores are pretty outlandish um, for, for that fight, even the 116-111, which is probably, uh, I won't say the most realistic one, but it's probably the one that, I mean, you could probably look at it and be like, okay, but it's still pretty flawed. I mean, if you watched that fight last night, uh Bernard, let me get your take. Uh, you usually be uh, scoring these things as well, um, so yeah, break out your judge at, jets, judge at, bro. And uh, Judge Carter coming up right now, bro. Uh, I had it. <laughs> <laughs> I had it one
2: fourteen one thirteen.
3: Oh my gosh! I don't want to murder the dude's last name. Mariaga. Uh, what was it again?
1: Miguel Mariaga.
3: Mariaga. I had it one fourteen one thirteen Mariaga. And I could make a case for two rounds that was a uh, swing round. The second round and the fourth round, I because I watched the fight again. That second round was kind of was very close. Uh, I, was, I was just going off my base of the scorecard, as I was looking on, I had, I want to say by the sixth round, it was a, one to three it was basically a, a close fight. It was basically a draw by the sixth round.
2: At the yeah, sixth exactly. round, though, yeah.
3: that's when Valdez kind of got off the gas. Like Big Cool said, but to me, Valdez stopped using his jab, and he was trying to be more flashy and defensive, dropping his hands, keeping his guard down, not really engaging, not keep putting on the pressure. Because when I noticed in the first half of the fight, when he was utilizing that jab, it was it was beneficial to him, very beneficial. He to me he barely from the sixth he lost the seventh, eighth, ninth rounds he lost. The tenth round he won that fight only because he got the knock knock out.
1: Yeah, the knockdown because he was losing that round prior to the knockdown. Oh, I, yes, I actually was. had Mariano winning the round before that.
3: Yes, he was. So and then I thought in eleven and twelve. He was going to continue to apply the pressure of from where he left off with that knockdown. He did. He got back into that lackadaisical stuff of just dropping his hands, throwing throwing pot shots. Like he was looking for the the knockout blow to knock out Mariaga after that knockdown from that from the eleventh round and the twelfth round. I guess he thought in his head he had to, to about week one. When in my pers- personal assessment of watching the Washington fight, he did. He totally abandoned. Like he was all good in the first six half of the uh, first half of the fight, first six rounds. That's that. everything went out the window, man. Um, I don't want to say he was exposed. That's not the word I want to use. I think he just got lazy. For what I was looking at, it was just lazy to me. Like it,
1: it definitely looked like he overlooked the fight, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, he did.
3: Yeah, I didn't want to. I, cause I'm not gonna say exposed because he was doing well in the um first half using that jab, that that doubling that jab, tripling that that jab, jab to the body, jab to the head, that that over and uh, overhand right which you can which can be telegraphed was was still hidden for him on Mariaga, but it was like he was just again from that point forward he was pot potshotting after the uh, knockdown. He, I don't know, man. I Mariaga won that fight by one um one by one point and the scorecards were horrible, man. They gave him a gift which he doesn't even deserve. Bro. he lost that fight not based on okay, Mariaga did his part. I'm gonna give credit to Maryaga. Valdez lost that fight basically based on his lack of lack of a, aggression and lack of skills in terms of his, he he got lazy. Just plain out lazy.
4: You know, it, it was, I, didn't, I, I didn't, I not I not watch the fight. I didn't watch the fight, but I agree with Twan, Twan's assessment based on what y'all were saying. Um, Oscar Valdez is a guy that's that's backed by powerhouse and top rank. He's getting a lot of pub. A lot of people are saying that he's possibly the best 126 pounder. Even though you got, you know, Carl Frant and Leo Santa Cruz, you know, Gary Russell in the same division, I still hear motherfuckers saying he's the best 126 pound fighter. So there's a possibility that all that shit got to his head. And he overlooked a guy like Miguel Mariaga, which, in my opinion, is very fucking stupid because Miguel Mariaga is the same guy that gave Nicholas Walters trouble in the amateurs, right? And, you know, he actually was doing pretty good against Nicholas Walters before he got his ass beat. You know what I'm saying? So this was a very tough fight for Valdez and for him to go in there and think possibly that, you know, well, I'm 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 gonna you know look past this dude and go to the next opponent. That's probably testament to why he didn't perform so well. All
1: right, um, let me do my best assessment possible. Um, you guys know I partake in certain activities, so my memory don't necessarily be there all the time. Um, <laughs> <but, but, laughs>
2: no,
1: nah, um, I'm gonna definitely have to piggyback off of Benard, man. Um, it, it it this looked like. Okay, I'm gonna put it like this. There was a time when uh, Valdez was a prospect coming up before he got with Oscar, before he got with uh, Manuel Robles as his trainer and switched camps, and people were starting to question this: Is he the prospect that we thought he was? Because he was having some pretty bad performances, wasn't looking that good. Um, and of course, he got with Man, uh, Manuel Robles, and he's been steamrolling and looking good ever since. This. Oscar Valdez looked like the fighter before he got with Robles. Like, all the shit he was doing was out the window. You know, we've seen him doing the whole pivoted angles in his most recent fights that, you know, a custom a la uh, Lomachenko, you know, that we see him do a lot of. We've seen uh, Valdez doing that in his more recent fights. Completely abandoned that in this fight. Everything that was working for him, he abandoned. I mean, the stuff that could have made this an easy fight, like Nar said, the jab, he abandoned it. Um, and especially I think it was kind of a detriment for him to get that knockdown at round 10 because he started relying on that left hook too damn much. Like he was trying to wait the counter for it the whole time. I, agree. Pin it, pin it I, agree. I
2: agree. And,
1: you know, even though he was able to land it on Mariaga at will, I mean the last couple of rounds when he uh, was able to time it, Mariaga was still landing. You know, he was still peppering yeah.
2: him, you know, yeah.
1: so – he was going for the power shots, and Mariaga's just pe- putting up peppering him. You know, he's putting on these points, and he's got Oscar, you know, running around a ring, and every time he's trying to uh, escape along the ropes, he's getting hit with a right hand, and they see him flipping. I mean, that shit should have left a good, uh, you know, a thorough impression on the judges last night. So to see those damn scorecards, man, like that, that shit was a disrespect to Boxer, man. It was awful. You know, The WBO a- top rank.
2: Conglomerate
1: slash <laughs> yeah. man, you know what? You might actually be on or something, man. I'm gonna have to agree with your whole conspiracy about that shit because, it, it, yeah, that that was pretty awful last night, man. He he lost that fight. Um, even with the knockdown, I had Mariaga winning rounds eleven and twelve because he outworked them and was landing more. I mean, that's just what it was. I, Valdez was landing the the more powerful, with more impactful shots. Um, I would say, um, with the left hook, but like I said, he was getting hit the whole time. Um and, you know, he was just getting out of work, man. So, um I hate to see that, that kind of thing happen to Mariaga. Um, you know, um before this fight I actually have out there the number two featherweight behind Gary Russell Junior. I mean, this, this, this may this may be hey. a one off performance, but I definitely have to reevaluate it. You know, um I'll wait for his next fight before I make a decision, but he definitely looked like he uh, was probably probably just ahead of Lee Selby. I mean, uh, last night in terms of ranking the, the actual champions. Um, so that, that's that been some of the debate I've seen today as far as him going against Leo Santa Cruz based on last night's performance. Um, that's some of the, the arguments I've seen in the groups today. But, um, yeah, he definitely looked like the Valdez before he got with Robles. And um, – I mean, he definitely left a lot of question about where he is as far as in the in the featherweight division, you know, with this performance last night. Um, I feel okay. like days ago, hands down, like uh, Bernard was saying. He 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 just didn't look like the Valdez he's seen in his most recent fights. I do have a quick question for
3: you guys. Do you think um, it's time for him to properly change trainers?
1: No, he's only been he's only this no, mm-hmm. for a couple of fights. That's actually what improved his career. I mean, he looked he pretty – I mean, but, you know, like I said, it could be a one-off performance, man. We'll have to wait and see. But I don't think he needs to get rid of, man, Robles. Um, I guess people have been questioning him the last, uh, since last night because, you know, Quigley had a questionable fight. You know, another guy he trained recently Um so people are people are starting to question Manny Robles when I had him as my trainer of the year last year personally. Well,
2: well, you man, know what,
1: man. I think I think,
5: that, think
1: Go that, I, ahead, go, ahead, cool.
5: I think it's just one fight, I man. You can't always jump trainers. or bring that question about Exactly. The, some some don't go your way. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to go in there and fight the the right fight. You know what I'm saying? If he give you the right game plan you got the skills, why not use it? We understand that some fights just gonna take a turn. A war, and you can't help it once you get okay. into it. But the jump from trainer to trainer just because you had a bad performance, I mean your career ain't going to be consistent as others. And it's just a part of you know boxing. So nah, that's, that's crazy talk. Okay.
4: And just a bit, and the piggyback on and the piggyback on top of that, like he is, Oscar Valdez has not been through any adversity. You know what I'm saying? This is the first time he's going through adversity, so we can't expect him to do the right things at the right time in his first time going through this.
2: So
4: he's doing it, he's doing it, he's going going through it. He's going to basically uh, eventually have to learn, you know, he's going to watch this fight, he's going to have to learn, hey, I need to do this in this scenario, I need to do that, and that scenario. Then in his next couple of fights, if he's going through adversity again and we don't see him making any changes, that's when we can say, okay, maybe Manuel Robles is not the dude for him because obviously his teaching ability is not giving him, you know, the proper – uh, motivation to actually do what he's supposed to do on the ring, right. Um,
3: I don't want to say he, but this is to me the adversity was brought onto himself for not continuing to work with the game plan that was working with him. Right. I don't understand uh, that he, it was, he faced any adversity. It, this is just something he brought on himself. So until so he's really in there, where he got to go and and go all out and find a way to
5: make an adjustment. To well, no, but you're, that's discrediting his opponent, man. You can't say that that's yeah. discrediting his opponent. Because, like I said, man, if it was that well, easy, he would have deal with his opponent. If we, he, if we say he won and then you saying that, you know, he really brought it on himself, then, then why the hell, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't make sense to say his opponent won. Then you're going to say, well, yeah, well, you know, Valdez did it on to himself.
2: The the
4: thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you bring it on to yourself or not. The point is, you still went through adversity. It doesn't matter if it was your fault or the opponent's fault or what the opponent did in the ring to get that to happen. The point is, it was theirs, and he had to adjust to that, and he didn't make those adjustments. That's the point. So okay, it doesn't matter. That, that's, it what
1: I, that's actually what I wanted to touch on. Uh, who's in, in a case like Valdez, a fighter who had, like you said, hasn't been through necessarily uh, adversity. He's still a young champ. Uh, mm-hmm. who's responsible for making those changes? Is it the trainer? Is it part the boxer? Because, I mean, it's It's a
4: collaborative both. effort. It's, it's both, yeah. It's both because the, the trainer the is supposed to be um, the, the guy that's doing the thinking for you right outside the ring, and then as a fighter, you need to be going in there and executing that, that, that specific game plan that trainer gave for you. Now, obviously, in the ring, it's different. The trainer can say, hey, you need to uh, throw the straight right hand at this time, and then you get in the ring, and that motherfucker doesn't do that thing that triggers you to want to throw that straight right hand. So then you now you have to rethink what your what your trainer said to do because your opponent is not actually doing what your trainer thought he would do. That can happen. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's why it's a joint effort. But at the same time, if your trainer is actually trying to give you the proper instruction. And you got a fighter who doesn't really change his style, like a Sean Porter, for example, and we'll get to that in a minute. You got a fighter opponent that's not really changing anything he's doing, and you see the fighter going there doing the same fucking shit, well you gotta question, you know, the trainer first, go, like, Hey, what the fuck are you telling him? And then if his instructions are right, then you go to the fighter and go, like, Hey, well, why the fuck weren't you doing it? <laughs> so it's a joint effort. I
5: gotta be
2: honest with this show, man. So I guess
1: I definitely could say you can make the argument he was exposed last night. Then I mean, if that's over, we're, we're that's the way we're looking no. at it. Because yeah, because he didn't show the intellect. I mean, that I, I mean, it yeah. wasn't
5: all it wasn't all the way bad. I mean, he did start back with his jab and kind of you know,
1: but he abandoned it again. So that's what I'm saying. That shows a, a lack of intellect. The the the, the picked up on something and then it says, abandoned it again. I say a lack of I mean, a lack,
2: of, of,
5: lack uh, of inconsistency, a lack of
3: Urgent, consistency and urgency.
0: knowing not even paying attention. So I feel like an urgency,
5: and consistency. But I mean, it's guy's just gonna be able to beat him, man. I mean, i see it. Even if he, he just, I don't think he's gonna be able to take body shots well. I mean, cause when, when he was getting hit, I'm telling you, he would fold up, and he would visibly let you know that your shots was hurting me. I mean, and the guy like Mel Santos, who isn't the biggest puncher, but applies crazy amount of pressure, throws a hundred punches per round could break you down like that and Givet Russell could outbox you. I mean, and Frampton and could just counter him all night. So, I mean, just, he, he has to grow. So, don't expect top rank to move him alone like we thought he may be moved if he was impressive last night. So, it's just going to be the top rank movement with him that they usually do after a fighter yeah, is somewhat exposed. Of he's off the to of
1: so. yeah, fight WZO. Yeah, he's not going to fight him
5: on thing, no time soon.
1: Yeah, um, he definitely mentioned uh, wanting to unify against some of the other guys last night, but I, I definitely don't think it's something he needs to do based off of last night's performance. No. Um, he, he has a pretty tough mandatory coming up, actually, uh, in Jojo Diaz, which should be a good yep. fight. Yeah, that's yep. actually a good, a good fight, be a fight, right fight could,
5: and, That might be a fight he you can lose. Yourself,
1: yeah, it's a fight he could lose, but, you know, I've seen some some bad traits in Jojo Diaz recently, too. So they, they both uh, – have face adversity, with So I'd definitely be interested in seeing how that that fight turns out, man. Um let me go ahead and go into our, our other reviews for tonight, man. Um I guess we'll go into the, the showtime card. Um, we got uh Jamel Charlo. Uh of course he knocked out Charles Happy last night. Uh the the made the first defense of his WBC 154 pound title um today.
4: I know you probably didn't to a <laughs> on this one, man, so you go ahead and go to you. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm going to make a short for you, man. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Charles Hadley's an amateur. He always has, man. He probably always will be. I mean, I, I know y'all watch the fight. You know, some motherfuckers don't really know how to look at shit and say, hey, he's not doing that right, you know, at, at real time. So, I'm, you know, guys like us will be able to tell you. Charles Hadley was throwing punches like he was boxing. You know what I'm saying? He's throwing a fucking punch, and he's not turning his wrist. Not one time did this motherfucker turn his wrist. Not one time did he snap his punches, okay? Then when he got hurt, this nigga start dancing laterally all around the fucking ring. You know what I'm saying? Then this nigga's moving in a straight line, forward and back. You know, whenever he wanted to actually uh, come to a a, a point where he's going to start attacking, he plants. Then you start slap boxing and shit. Then you move forward and back. It's like, what the fuck is this nigga doing? And, then, and then, oh, my God. And then the knockout, which was in the sixth round. This motherfucker went in there. nigga <laughs> was like this, dog. Jamel Charlo let the fight go longer than what he should have. I, I guess the nigga went to get some rounds in. You know, he was like, ah, hey, fuck, I know I can knock this whack ass nigga out anytime I want. I'm going to go ahead and play with the nigga a little bit. Then in the sixth, and in going into the sixth round in the corner, you know, his trainer was like, hey, bro, the club's about to open, nigga. All the bitches are getting in there right now. You need to go ahead and knock this nigga out. Because <laughs> Jermaine, Jermaine, was like, nigga, they're getting right now. He's like, yeah, nigga, I just got a call right now. fam, found to knock this nigga out. So, ding, 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 now shit that happened. That's when he ran, he ran across the ring and knocked this motherfucker out. Now, what happened in the knockout was funny as fuck because –
2: Charles Hadley is standing there.
4: He's slugging with, with Jermel, which is fine. Jermel's not a big puncher, right? That's fine. He's slugging with him. But then the nigga squares up. Literally, his mm-hmm. goddamn and feet are parallel to each other. You know what I'm saying? And then he throws a fucking uh, a left hook. He misses. And when he misses, the nigga doesn't reset his defense. Instead, he goes into a fake-ass jab from that position. And that's how he got knocked the fuck out. If I was Jermelo, I would have been laughing in my head, watching this shit in slow motion, like, look at this dumb ass nigga. Here comes my straight right hand, right on this nigga's temple. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Somebody tell this motherfucker to give up professional boxing, go back down to the amateurs, get your weight up a little bit, then come back to the professionals, dog. You know what I'm saying? And like I was telling yeah, I'm like saying, like I'm saying in my videos, man, you know, I'm in Dallas. Charles Hadley is not talked about out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, niggas that, niggas that know boxing, they on Errol Spence. Shit, I've even heard more about Maurice Foker than Charles Hadley. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, I mean, I'm not trying to shit on him or nothing. I mean, I'm just saying sad. And, and then based on what Charles Hadley has done, I mean, look at his fucking resume. He hasn't fought anybody. He beat no, an old-ass. Anthony Mundine. Yeah, old He beat an old-ass, washed up Anthony Mundine who was already overhyped in the first fucking place. Anthony Mundine was nobody, and we all know this. The only, thing, the only reason we know Mundine for it is beating Danny Green and losing to him and beating and Danny, Daniel Gill and losing to him. And then we know the nigga from fight night round three for whatever fucking reason, the nigga was on the video game. He no you know what I'm saying? And then we know him as a nigga that was always calling out Floyd Mayweather. And we were laughing to the street like, man, Floyd, fuck this nigga up. You know what I'm saying? He's a nobody. <laughs> what do we expect for a guy like Charles Natalie? What do we expect to happen for this guy? You know what I'm saying? If he walks into the room with one of the best fighters at 154, it's exactly what fucking happened on Saturday night. So in conclusion, man, we gotta have better ranking system by our sanctioning bodies. We cannot have these motherfuckers handing out WBC Intercontinental, WBC Pan Asian, American, WBC. Brazilian, you know, uh, Cuban <laughs> America. get the fuck out of here. They, they got the they got got the Fear out. box
1: W they got the WBC spear box belt too. I was like, what the fuck? They give it out for
4: businesses, man. They're giving
5: out consolation belts,
4: man. What yeah. What the fuck is a speaker box? Man, we need to that, all that bullshit, man. We need to cut all that bullshit out. We need to redo these ranking systems and start giving these fucking amateurs title shots, man. That's why we're gonna keep getting mismatches straight up.
5: The motherfucker okay, too you said you like he was trying he was he looked like he was trying to get the last lick. You know, check the last lick
2: you run
4: off. That's how you look looking to get on the left hook. That should look stupid as fuck. You missed a left hook and then you if you don't reset, instead you try to throw a lazy jab from that. Like what the fuck were you thinking when you decide to do it? When a nigga goes back and watches film I would love to watch film with him so I could point that out and be like, hey, bro, hey, my nigga. What was you thinking? <laughs> even if that lazy ass damn landed, what the fuck was it going to do? <laughs> hey, hey Paulie was confused. He was dumbfounded. He was just not moving his head. He going straight back. And I know
5: Paulie was getting pissed off like, bro, <laughs> this shit. <laughs> that shit
2: was funny as hell.
1: <laughs> Uh, we, we, we definitely know that it was a. We definitely know this was a mismatch. Um, it, it showed in the ring; it was evident. Um, so I guess I'm gonna try and put a different spin on this, man. Um, let's talk about. I want to say uh, I don't know if you call it the evolution, or what, what what we could exactly label it yet, because he's only a couple of camps in with Derry James. So I mean, let's talk about basically um the transition of. Jameel charlo style over his last couple of fights. Um, You know, when he was with Ronnie Shields, he was technically a (laughs) fundamental boxer. Defense better. was superb. Last night, he actually got hit with a couple of shots by Halley that I didn't necessarily like him, you know, the way he was keeping himself open for. Um, Mm -hmm. So let me get you guys' take on that, man. He has actually, uh, you know, Derry James is known as more of a guy that teaches a banging, you know, a a a more pressing style as opposed to Shields who you know, mechanical fundamentals, you know, outside boxing, stick and move, you know. Um so let me get you guys take on that man. Uh I guess I'll go ahead and start off with uh Bernard on that one. I mean I was
3: gonna rather you pass it to two K because he's broke
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let me look okay, so two K, what do you see this as? Do you see this as a, a regression, evolution? What are we seeing happening uh stylistically with uh Jermel right now? Neither, you know
4: why? why down because, down. The nigger,
2: because the nigga was losing
4: the entire fucking fight against John Jackson in the fight prior, and the reason was because he was consistently getting hit. Dog, at the time of the stoppage, all three judges had John Jackson winning the fight sixty-four to sixty-nine. You know what I'm saying it was a it was a whitewash to them.
5: Accurate too, yeah.
4: He was looking at them. Yeah, so so with that said. Why, are we, why would we be surprised with him getting hit by another C-level fighter in Charles Hatley? We already seen it before. So I think what it is is it's a regression since him losing uh, or leaving Ronnie Shields. That's what it really is. When he left Ronnie Shields, he no longer is that technical defensive type of fighter, that guy that does you know, a lot of the, the long-range shots from the outside, uses his head a little bit more. He's no longer that type of fighter. When he left Ronnie Shields, he becomes the – he tries to fight like his brother, Jamal. You know what I'm saying? And he don't have the ability, you know, he doesn't have the power to make niggas honest to fight like Jamal. Charlie, I know he's got knockouts. I mean, his last knockout before Halley was because he poked the nigga in the eye. But whatever, we'll give it to him. him to
5: do yeah, to him.
4: <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll give it to him. But he doesn't have the power that Jamal has to keep niggas honest when Jamal is that close or at mid-range distance. Jamal doesn't have that. So him fighting like Jamal, he'll fuck around losing a nigga like Canelo. You know what I'm saying? He'll fuck around, around and possibly give Liam Smith a good fight and shit because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he need to go back to the old Jamal Charlo where he was more defensive. He was a better outside fighter. He was a better outside fighter. He put his combinations better together. That's who he needs to be. That's where the regression started when he, when he left Ryan Shields.
5: But I ain't going to lie, that right hand is a muscle for him. That right hand is has always been powerful. I mean, I don't know. The way he throws it now kind of seems like, like you said, like you tell he's with a new trainer, he's putting emphasis on throwing it. But, man, he can't be getting hit. Like, he's part a midget and, and, and Charles Hadley last night. Yeah, like, like, he,
1: he, to, even, even in the, in the, uh, the, knockdown, out the knockout uh, in round six, you know, it, it was an exchange that we would not normally see him get involved in if it was running Man. Through. Um, um, like that about sure, like
4: that shit against a fighter like Canelo, bro. Panello' gonna eat that shit up like it was a fucking biscuit with some sausage in between that shit, nigga. That nigga's not gonna get knocked out by no goddamn Jamel Charlo right oh, hand. Fuck out of here. He's gonna do the knocking out, He's
2: <laughs>
5: the knocking out bro. He gonna do the knocking out, man.
2: Exactly.
5: Jamel ain't Jamel is talented, but he ain't that good to be talking like he raped, like he just out here dominate mode. I mean, cause yeah. I mean, like, I mean I still think andre to beat him and beat him pretty easily. You absolutely. Know what I just I still I'm I'm gonna just give Andre the benefit of the doubt from the last performance. But I like Jamal um, way better than I like Jamil, And like I said, he needs to humble himself, man, and, and kinda try to find a balance if he's gonna stay with James where he could try to implement more of his old style with the new style so he can come I down to fighter. I mean him, go, ahead. Now, go ahead.
1: I mean initially when uh when he when I heard about the change in trainers, I was kind of shocked because, like uh, 2K was saying, it, it's a style that suited more for his brother. So I thought it would be his brother that would be making the change. Yeah.
5: You know, I it heard. would
1: be something more better for him in his style and you know uh, his uh, his uh, characteristics. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm. I'm Still giving it time, man. Like I said, it's only a second camp with Derry James. I'm thinking, like, he's going to learn to put it together and incorporate it. You know, last night we saw him incorporate his old style, and he was effective on the outside against Hadley. But, but like you said, he's still going to be hittable,
5: You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, not going to change.
1: Yeah. yeah, because, you know, he's sitting down with his punches more with uh, with Derry James, you know, which is something he emphasizes is mechanics and putting everything into your punches. Um you know that you can, but you know I'm thinking he's going to be able to put it together and incorporate it, man. Maybe not. I mean, it's got to come. It's got to come, man. But he definitely needs to, to learn to incorporate both styles, take the best of both, ways, man, and 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 you know use them to to your advantage. But do you think he? But do you think
5: he's um, so far gone? Even though he has been away with uh, she, away from Shields that long, you think his. His memory is so far gone from that. Even though it's crazy as they're saying, he's been boxing for the longest. But, I mean, do you think he, his persona he's taking on is just trying to push that shit to the back of his mind and he's just going to
1: roll with whatever he got? Definitely. I definitely think it's more of a thing where he's not working on the same things with huh. Derek James, but he needs to be doing that on his own. You know, Derrick, he went to Derek because he wanted to pick up certain things. You know, as uh, Derek mentioned to us when he was on the show, uh, he wanted to add certain things to him. But, you know, that doesn't mean you have to take away from what was working for you. You know, like, you beat a guy that's a banger in Venice, just boxing him. So, I mean, obviously, you can do the shit. So you it kind don't, of just need to put it together, man. It kind of reminds me of
5: what Kelly was telling Sess 2K when he you know, they, were, they were interviewing him how Jack Lowe changed his whole style, you know what I'm saying, they turned him into a you know, slug slugger so. Even though it worked for him,
1: you know, for a little bit, it didn't have a lasting
5: effect, so
1: we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I feel like we need to give it, a, like, maybe another two, camp, one or two camps. Um, but I, I think it's the thing where he needs to to start incorporating those styles more because there's definitely some of the things that uh, Derrick James teaches effectively. You know, we see it with Errol Spence. So I mean, he definitely knows what he's doing. Um, I think he wanted to, to to learn some of the things as far as how to the work on the inside, you know, um, and in closer range as opposed to being on the outside, which was his style with Briny Shields. But Nard, do you want to add to to this? No. All right. Nothing. Um, TJ, anything else? Um, you you might want
4: to add on or piggyback on? I mean, not really. It's just, uh, I agree. Derek James is a good trainer, but uh, I, I agree with you. Saying. He, he needs to incorporate a style that fits his abilities. And that's what niggas need to start understanding about themselves. If you don't have great power, you need, to, you need to be faster. You need to be smarter. If you do have great power, you need to start hitting niggas, you know, at closer range with that power. So, I mean, it's, you know, this scenario, man, he, he needs to incorporate what he what he learned from Ronnie Shields with all the the tools that Derrick James is going to teach him. Yeah, like even
1: in his uh, his uh,
4: punch punch
1: uh, placement, you know, uh, like last night, you know, when he was in close range and trying to, to actually go hard on him, like he was going was swinging wide for defenses. I mean, he needs to. You know, that's something I don't even think Derrick James does. Like he. He teaches more compact punches, you know, when you're in that thing. So, I mean, he mm-hmm. definitely got some work to do. Um, We're gonna go in, go ahead and take it to the main event from last night, man, uh, which was a WBC uh, welterweight title eliminator to face Keith, Dur- or to earn the right to face Keith Thurman uh, between Andre Berto and um, Sean Showtime Porter, uh, which ended in what a ninth round knockout. What round was it? Ninth yeah, round no, yeah. Ninth round TKO. Okay. Okay. Um, ninth round TKL for Sean Porter and it was uh definitely one of the more grueling matches you'll see between you'll see between uh, brothers, especially at middleweight. That shit was grueling as hell, man. Um I'll go ahead and let T K start off with his assessment and uh yeah. It was a lot in that fight last night.
2: Uh man.
1: I mean he had the head, butts, and Porter might Porter might have done more damage than to himself than Birdo, you know what I'm saying? With a,
4: you know, he called too touching his
2: own
4: You know what man, I'm, I'm a shout out I'ma shout out uh my man my man Eric R, he's one of my subscribers to my channel. My man said that I mean uh, Sean Porter knocked Andre Burdo out with a check headbutt. And he's right. That's exactly
2: what
4: happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Like I, read, I read that shit down the dime for like two minutes, man. That nigga said a check headbutt. He's absolutely right. That's exactly what happened. The nigga threw a right hook. The shit went behind Andre Berto. And I think the goddamn right hook was a decoy punch for the check headbutt. That's what it was. That <laughs> and Andre Berto dipped. That nigga dipped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when he did it, boom, here come that goddamn checkhead but uh perfect strategy by Sean Porter. It knocked Andre Berto all the way across the ring almost through the ropes. <laughs> and I'm like it <laughs> And this should allow him to finish the fight. Man, this is the ugliest fucking fight I've seen in two thousand seventeen, man. And the shit it's funny because, you know, this type of fight is one that a lot of casuals were like. Even the casuals didn't like this shit, dog. I'm hearing the casuals like, Ew, this shit is wet. You know what I'm saying? This is a boring-ass, high-intensity fight, if that even makes sense. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? These <laughs> niggas that was literally Sean Porter was trying to sack a quarterback for nine rounds. Nigga, that's what it looked like. He was trying to sack motherfucking uh, the quarterback to the Cowboys and shit for nine rounds. That's the fuck he was trying to do. And Andre Brown trying to run from the nigga with the bottle in his hand, but he, <laughs> the nigga kept in sat up against the road. That's what this should look like. And I'm like, come on, man, there's absolutely no technique in this fight. And credit to uh, Andre Doro, what he said earlier during our interview on this same podcast, uh, he said Andre Brill had no no uh, uh, game plan going into the fight. I don't think uh, every fighter has some type of game plan going into the fight. What I don't what I didn't see was him executing the game plan, during the fight. I mean, really, if you're watching Sean Porter and you're training for 10 weeks, 10 to 12 weeks, right, you know he's going to do the same shit. He going to have a plan B. He tries to, just all niggas over. That's his thing. Play football in the boxing lane. That's what he does, okay? So with that said, he has two losses, right? You go and look at the fights that he lost. The best one to look at is Kell Brooks, and actually, Kell Brook, what he, what he did to beat Sean Porter, Andre Brown has that ability. You know what I'm saying? He has fast hands. He has that good eye-opening good right power.
2: That's, yeah, what yeah. that yeah. that,
4: that's what I'm saying. He, he has that eye-opening power that he can catch you with something. You know what I'm saying? If you're coming in, right, you don't have to he, – he, he stands there and waits on you and shit. He doesn't really do much movement. So he's in a position to catch this motherfucker while you're coming in, and then you just hold him. So it's like, how could you not understand, you know, in a ten to twelve week training camp that that's what you need to do to beat this guy? You know what I'm saying? And I knew prior to the fight that Andre Berto wasn't going to do it because what Andre Berto liked to do, he liked to change his style, you know, uh, to accommodate his opponent for some fucking reason. I mean, he did it against
1: Victor. Like the shoulder roll against Robert Guerrero. Does, what fucking torch. That's, he
2: fought later. He fought late. He, he
4: did. He did it against Victor Ortiz. He did it against Robert Guerrero, and he just did it again last night. And last night, this motherfucker decided to fight an inside fight and slug it out with a nigga that's stronger than you, more powerful than you, and has done that style a lot longer than you. What the fuck were you thinking, nigga? Me, I me, not know, man. This dude, man, Andre Bredo is a certified gatekeeper slash journeyman. He's going to be at the 147-pound division to let all the little niggas come beat his ass so they can put their name on their resume. Like, yeah, nigga, I'll be former champion Andre Berto. I'll fuck the nigga up. There's going to be like eight niggas in one room saying that shit at the club. Yeah, nigga, I'll whoop the nigga out too. You know what
2: I'm saying? So that's basically
4: Andre Berto is still boxing for, dog, after last. That was a terrible fucking fight, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> man, hey, but, but the
5: Andre, the guy that really, like you said, he doesn't move, so I see what you're saying with the comparison, but Kill moves a little
4: better than um than, than Berto, but Slight, slightly man. better. He slightly better. Watch that no, he didn't move against Sean Porter. He kept the fucking fight <laughs> yeah, in the middle is. of the ring. He no, he kept the fight in the middle of the ring and he kept left he kept left hooking Sean Porter as he came in and when he would catch him coming in, he would hold immediately. That was the entire fight against Sean Porter. He didn't move. So you know, I, I mean, told Sean
5: Go ahead, go ahead, but, go ahead. I was just saying that was like that was good for Kel Brook that he slightly moved better, you know, than Berto. Not that Berto, you
2: know,
4: what I'm saying it was. a, a well, you No, I was saying that relative to fighting Sean Porter. Neither yeah. one of them, like Kel Brook, didn't move, and I'm saying Andre Berto doesn't move well either. So he he can do what Kel Brook did to beat Sean Porter. That's what I was saying. You know, I yeah, wasn't yeah. comparing that their their movement. You know, all you had to do was keep the fight in the middle of the ring and hold this motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hey. That
5: strength, though. That strength that was too much, man. That physical strength was, was apparently yeah. too much for Birdo, man. Because motherfucker so, asked Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman looked nervous in that damn post-fight interview. You know, talking Hell about yeah. how potentially fight that motherfucker again. So, we already know, man. Porter got a great chin. He's fucking well-conditioned. He mentally strong. He physically strong. So, well, he likes the skills. He he makes up in those four categories, and he's gonna be a tough fight for anybody, you know. what I'm saying so, and, and especially Alberto, man. At this point, Alberto had no chance, no chance. And, and he did land the uppercut on, on Porter at times, but it, he was smothered in that shit. He, you know, he didn't had a proper space to get the, you know, the, the full force of the shot. You know, to be you know more impactful. So, like I said, man, he knew he was getting that ass beat. You know, yep. he just was happy to headline a damn show at the Barclays uh, arena <laughs> on showtime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go back to Haiti and go yeah, to the eight
1: against Porter right now. I was like, what? He's getting the entrance and he's ranked lower than Porter? Like how <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I I'll probably
5: told him I probably told him, nigga, this is your last favorite for me. Um, you know, so just go ahead and enjoy
4: this moment, man. I told y'all that Porter didn't give a fuck about Berto being be the A side because I already knew they were going to whoop his head up. They're like, Yeah, go ahead and get that nigga to A side, he nigga. You know he's going to win this shit, nigga.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then look they, hey, this show was cracking well, me well, up and apologizing for the job. Like to be I'm
5: on
1: my way out. <laughs>
5: this show was cracking me up, man. Talking about he's sorry. He wasn't sorry. He hit, but it didn't always I told him, man, that's what your ass gets,
2: man. But don't. What you think about the fight last night, bro? Um,
3: headbutts, tackles, and body shots. Man,
1: what round was it to where he threw nothing but body shots against uh, on on the, and he had Berto against the ropes the whole round? Man, hey hey, 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 he, he he took that dude's will. Like Berto was yeah, Berto up, was ready to quit this motherfucker off of me, man. I mean it's like a
2: like a little kid getting beat up and they looking at their dad at the moment, like yeah, he was looking like, come on,
1: man. Every time every time I he mean, tied him up, he's looking at the rough like, get this motherfucker off me, save me. Yeah, <laughs> <I mean, "Hey, laughs> it wasn't
3: even that, right? You know what, uh I Shorty and something out, man, they kept checking on Burdo because he kept getting hit but the doctors, the doctors didn't even check on Sean Porter. They were like, yo, look, look, you know, look look, look here, look there, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of weird, but, like, no, I, it was headbutt, tackles, and body shots, man. I mean, I thought the fight was going to be a sleeper, hey, I was wrong, man. Well, it was a sleeper, because it was just, it was an ugly fight, man. it was an yeah, ugly fight, but it, it definitely had its moments.
2: moments.
5: It was uh, it was it was an ugly fight, but it was entertaining due to Sean Porter. He's not like one of those guys that just smoke you it and was, barely throw punches. Was, he, he was, was he was fun fun trying to make a point. But but he still tried to make a point though. He tried to get tried to get Burdo out there from the opening round. It was sloppy, but shit. If you can't stop this shit, hell and, and if Porter can't fucking beat you no other way, then do it works for you. I mean
1: simple as yeah. this. Very true, very true. They call it the linebacker
3: style now.
1: Well, yeah, should shit worked at it I a, mean, you gotta think he was you know, uh Bertos a small welterweight as far as uh, height and he was taller than Porter. So, you know, Porter definitely made right. a cell <laughs> that, you know, he needs to be at welterweight. Um it's definitely something that's gonna make him competitive against any welterweight out there, of his especially because of his athleticism. Um, it has a lot to do with it. You know, football background like you know, we mentioned several times during the segment, um so I mean, it may not be pretty, but it's gonna be something that gives everybody problems, and you can't deny that from them, you know what I'm saying. Nigga's gonna be I mean, wanting rematch problems. Definitely. Um. Uh, so with that said, man, how do you guys see this panning out? Uh, we we touched on it a little bit as far as uh Thurman talking about uh Porter in the post fight interview and during the fight uh while he was on a segment with the Errol Spence and Tank Davis last night. Um, let me get you guys thoughts of as far as uh, the WBC eliminator mandatory actually happening. Um, Keith Thurman, he that motherfucker is. He gonna have a good career as a politician. You know what I'm saying <laughs> afterwards? Because he know how he know to dance around that motherfucking questions, boy. Um, <laughs> <he> was, <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: let, me, let me
1: take on that Bernard. Man. Uh, he was asked about Spence. This mother, I'm going to say in quotes, he said maybe unify when they was talking about Spence if he won against Brooke. And then <coughs> what do you say when it came to the porter when they asked him in the post fight interview? He, we have, uh, he uh, said, I'm uh, not even thinking uh, about fighting. Okay.
3: negotiations.
1: What, what do you so say? He so said, You it, said it, about,
5: the, it, about the negotiations. He's like, Well, you know, Al. Yeah, know.
1: It's, like, it's, a, it's, a matter, it's a matter of negotiations.
5: <laughs> uh, call for
1: Al, uh, call, uh, call month right now so we can get that fight rolling. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me get you guys assessment that. I'll start with you, Big Cool. You, you already let let the hat out the bag, man. Um, well, do you see this happening anytime soon? or you see Thurman pretty much trying to take take some some easy routes right now? Because he has some some dangerous fights looming with these mandatories and if he even tries to unify again.
5: Let's be honest, man. King Thurman, other than really who, other than um Diego Chavez, I mean, he really ain't fought nobody. I'm talking about you know before he got to this point where he's at now. He fought Louis Colazo. He fought Juan uh, Munguia. Uh, he is. I mean, just because he fought Porter and and Garcia doesn't give him the right to ease up now. No, he got to keep it up. I man, you need to either fight Lamont Peterson or you need to fight Porter until a unification belt uh, comes available. I mean, like he said, he don't mind losing. You know, he said he ain't, I mean, he didn't say he don't mind losing, but he he ain't scared to take the L, so, I mean, you get props for fighting Porter, you know, but you get even more props for doing it and trying to be impressive and get a clear victory. Like I said, Keith Herman does a lot of talking, but he really don't want to fight nobody that really gonna pose any threat to him, especially after he didn't got a taste of a tough fight with Porter, and then, okay, he got a a guy that, you know, who's very good but isn't as good or as dangerous as one forty seven than Danny Garcia. So Keith Thurman just need to keep fighting and fighting these top guys. He don't want to fight Spence. He don't want to fight Porter, as you can see on his facial expression when um Jim Gray was asking him. And, you know, that's my that's my take on it, man. If he's not gonna fight either one of those guys or Peterson then shit, just just don't say too much in the media about, you know, want to unify anything
1: or call him out to anybody. One, one, my, oh, yeah, I, don't, I ain't afraid to let my O go. Um, that, yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't want to hear that shit.
2: Um, Yeah, take my to,
1: Yeah, my, I ain't afraid. Uh, I got an O. Oh, I ain't afraid to let it go. Yeah, that's what he always say. Uh, Bernard, let me get to take uh, what do you see him
2: doing as far as uh, Keith Thurman. Um, it, you know he,
3: what? I, I think right now he – This is kind of hard. I think he's waiting on one of the sanctions bodies to decide what he should do next. But you have a tricky situation here. You have Lamar Peterson on the WBA side. You have the WBA. You got Porter on the W B side. Both guys are under Al Heyman. Uh, I, as of right now, it can go either way. I would love to see the belts consolidating in the WPA but that wouldn't even last long, so that would be a waste of about bout with Thurman. I would love to see him take on Porter at the end of the year. He said November, right? He said November he would like to be back in the ring. So mm-hmm. that's i definitely like to see yeah, So take on Porter in November and see if you win. Uh, let Spence take on Lamar Peterson around – you say around that time. And y'all can meet that. Thing. That'd be a good plan right there. Spence ain't ducking nobody.
2: Yeah. Well, you well,
1: know, Peterson's duck Spence once you already. Know, let's take it. Peterson's ducked Spence once already with the IBF title eliminator.
3: I mean, it's only before long you can sit there and. Um, Okay, you okay? of course, he could hold the regular belt. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say unification bout for Space to get that WVL force in here. The only issue I have with that is, you have the IBF who could potentially fuck up unification bouts with the way they got their mandatory set. Because, you know, once since he's booked, he's going to have to fight his mandatory next.
1: So, yeah, yeah. The IBF definitely seems most uh resistant to unification because they don't fuck around with their mandatories. Like that's right. one thing I can say about them. They they enforce them shit. You know what I mean, there ain't no skating around them the way you can with the other organizations. Um, T-Tell me get your thoughts, man. Um, from from last night's post-fight interview uh between Porter and and um Keith Thurman.
4: Keith Thurman being man right now, man. A little... <clears throat> What does he got? The WBA and the WBC 147 pound titles. Yeah. I'm not jumping in the ring with a nigga that's trying to play his Tetmo on the fucking boxing ring, neither.
2: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially when I got them two
4: belts. I got the two votes. Now, hopefully, this is what I do. I'll give him credit if he's only saying or he's only downplaying the rematch reporter if he's looking for the winner of Spence Brooks because that's a better fight, in my opinion, the winner of that fight.
2: You know what I'm saying?
4: I know uh, Porter and Thurman was a great fight. They went to a split decision. A lot of people, I think it was a split decision or UD? Unanimous. Unanimous.
5: Unanimous. Okay, okay,
4: thank you. thank you. Thank you, thank you. It was a close unanimous decision. Um, But I just feel that guys like Brooke and Spence are better technical fighters in the ring, so it would bring for a better fight, in my opinion, a more competitive fight on the technical side. Um, especially if Spence beats Kel Brook, which I think he will. I definitely want to see Spence Thurman over Thurman Porter. Hell yeah. So, yeah. If, if that's what he's doing, then I'm all for it. If he's doing that to fight Joe Horn next, <laughs> like somebody we know, you know what I'm saying? Then, <laughs> I, that's when I say, fuck that shit, you need to get in the ring with Sean Porter. So, really, it really depends on his intention. You know what I'm saying? And I agree with I think Bernard said it, yeah. I agree with Bernard said, it, which is very rare. I'll never really agree with that nigga says. But um, <laughs> I agree with what he said about about, about uh, he's waiting on the sanctioning body to tell him what to do. I think that is the smarter thing to do. That's why he's kept saying it's all about all we got to do is negotiate. You know, he kind of left it up to his management and his promotional team. Then when... uh. I think Jim Gray asked him directly. He was like, uh, 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 "When he starts stuttering and shit." So,
2: yeah.
4: You know, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, he, 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 he. I know. And people have been telling me all day, "You're trying to get the Manny Pacquiao." That shit's not gonna fucking happen. You're not. You're not, kids, If you're listening, you're not fighting Manny Pacquiao, dog. Bob Arum is not going to allow you to knock Manny Pacquiao out. And get the accolades and take it back to Al Haman and your promotion team. No. If he wants anybody knocking Manny Pacquiao out, it's going to be an in-house fighter like Terrence Crawford. So get in line with niggas that want to knock Manny Pacquiao out so they can get that fame, because it ain't going to be you, fam. (laughs) For real. Terrence Crawford on top of that shit. All
1: right. Um, Shit, what else we got on Taz today? I I definitely think... uh... I mean, he, he played it political as possible. You know, he didn't he didn't say no.
2: <laughs> I mean, but you know, it,
1: it wasn't nothing definite. I mean, I definitely think he's uh putting pressure on like, you know, uh Cool was saying, he's putting pressure on Uncle Al to, to make some calls to the WBA to make that to make their order first. You know, um, I definitely think that's something that may be occurring. Or put some calls to because he
3: thinks that that'd be a big money fight in
6: his hand and to the game.
5: I think he's holding the host too, for Floyd Mayweather fight he still mentioned I mean, him. He don't mention him as much, but he see what he said when he was sitting down. He was like, well, you know, you see Floyd talking with Conor. I think he's hoping that Floyd's now since he got 2 that they that get Floyd's attention to, uh, you know, to come out of retirement or whatever the fuck he called it. He I don't, called think, there's
1: nothing, yeah, I don't think there's anything Keith can do to, the, in, to entice Floyd into the ring, man, especially with his performances against guys that ain't even on a skill level of a Floyd Mayweather, you know, even at this age he's at. Um, yeah. Keith Keith, uh he, he, Floyd did your ass a favor. Not letting <laughs> <make> you <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> fucking ruined, ruined uh, he did, he, Yeah, he yeah. He would have yeah, he definitely would've ruined your goddamn career. You wouldn't be no unified champ right now, that's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah two Alright, so we gonna go ahead and go into our uh our next segment, man. We you know, we talk about all the other news that's been happening this week. Um we had some late some some breaking news yesterday. I wanna say it was either Friday night or Saturday morning, um, when well, I heard about it. Um, the fight for uh Joseph Parker's WBL heavyweight title between uh, him and Huey Fury has been called off. Um, and it's looking like um, Huey Fury sustained some kind of back injury within the past couple of weeks, so he hasn't been able to necessarily go, give it a full go in training camp, and, you know, they didn't want to go to New Zealand, and, you know, with that that kind of thing happening. There was a whole lot of speculation behind what was going on here, so it might not even be an injury, honestly. Um, but let me go ahead and get you guys' to take on the cancellation of this fight. Um just, I just want to say this now. It's a bad look for Huey Fury.
2: Man,
1: um, uh, I'll go ahead and start with Bernard on this one.
3: Man, fuck that fight. Fuck Huey Fury. Yeah, Huey Fury. What the fuck his name is? That's some bullshit. Uh, no, nah, but for real though, I'm just gonna say this, man. Um, since that fight has fallen through, cause I don't really too much care about the Fury. Parker, Wilder, make that unification that happen.
2: Yep.
3: Make it happen, Bob. Yep. M. Get, let it happen, man. It's time. You know we got a uh-huh. unification bout coming up uh, next week with uh, Joshua and Klitschko. You might as well put that goal in 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 um, a few months. if that fight happen, and then boom. Hopefully by the end of the year, the beginning of the year, we can have a unification bout for the heavyweight division. That's
5: all oh. I got to say about it. The owner of serve Joseph Parker to Deontay Wilder, you know, so he can bring that WBO stuff back to Alabama where it belongs. Yeah, road tight. No, I don't know about that, but, you know, was yeah, yeah. But um, my thoughts on it, man, fuck the Fury, man. Them motherfuckers might be too big to be bossing. Shit, because they always hurt them damn says or something, or whatever they got going
2: on, man. If it ain't
5: Tyson Fury, don't indulge in what he, and he indulges in. Is his cousins? I don't know, man. If, if I'm fighting with Joseph Park, don't fight with a back injury, man. Fuck that. If it, if it ain't that severe, I'm like, fuck it. This nigga, it, I don't know. I mean, I
1: mean, uh, originally they were saying there was stuff that uh, the Fury camp was unhappy about, as far as like accommodations when they got to the New Zealand and how soon they could come out and shit like that. Like it was a whole bunch of shit being put put out there. So You were that close to the to the man. You fight for a title shot, dog, and then you want to. That's what I hate about boxing. And it, 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 it's, it's a mandatory, you know. So I'm like, I. I mean, I know they're going to probably try to reschedule it, but I'm like, shit, man. Like there is already. The unification about that was squashed for this shit and you gonna probably squash yeah, it again yeah. the to they reinforce the mandatory so it's like it's like
5: fights can fall off fall out for the slightest shit if nobody like, blink an eye. So we just gotta wait to see Joseph Parker who probably happy as fuck that he get to hold on to the title for a little longer instead of, you know, this fight being you know going through I don't know man. Shit, I mean that just uh, that's just crazy to me. I think that hell you know, Parker should at least be able to fight somebody. But I know there's a lot of risk, you know, if he loses and and whatnot, so like, I guess he we'll see him fight later on this year.
2: If ever. Uh
1: TK, you got anything you wanna to add to this to this specific topic? Um he actually had another fight that was called off, so I'm gonna um actually mention that one as well. And I wish Bo's ass was on here. Um Kibano Loco this is one of his fighters. Um
2: yeah,
1: he Andre Durrell, man, he was on the show. Yeah. uh had to pull out of his uh I don't know if it's what the hell to call it. It ain't a unification. I don't know if it's unification or not with the WBA uh, interim title against a regular title. I don't know what to call that shit. But um it was pretty much called off. Um baby shoot shooting off sustained eye injury, you know, during sparring. Um there's always there was some actual uh it took a long time to get this fight made as well, you know. Um so I mean a lot of people are probably gonna have their speculation about about what's going on as well here. Is there really injury or not? Um, let me get your thoughts on that one too, Kate. But what
4: it was is it was for the WBA regular title and the winner would have been the mandatory or not the mandatory, but just would have been the recognized uh champion at 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 the WBA uh behind Dennis Lebedev who has the WBA super title. So that's that's what that fight was for. I think it would have been a good fight for Unia uh, Doritos, you yes, <laughs>
2: know um, <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> um it would've been a good uh if he could have beat 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 the Be- Be- who a very good fighter. He's only lost to um, Bernard Hopkins and Gabriel Campillo. He lost to somebody else. I can't remember. Who it or maybe it was just those two. Yeah, it was just those two guys. So, um, still a great fighter. Definitely a good a good fighter Cruiserweight. If he would have beat him, it would have been a uh, coming out party, in my opinion, even though he's ranked number 10 by uh, the Ring Magazine. It definitely would have <laughs> moved him up. But I think Babu Shumanov is ranked higher than him. Um, but uh, it's unfortunate for him, man. It is what it is. Maybe he's got an eye injury. So hopefully uh, uh, Dordico is actually looking at trying to get somebody else to uh, fill in that, that uh, uh, slot and uh, pretty much stay busy so he can get a, another shot at the title. Yeah. Now, as, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask as for fucking Joseph Parker and Huggy Fury. I, I really can get few shits about that fight. <laughs> <laughs> huggy, Huggy still ain't done shit for me to actually be like, oh. And I see a lot of UK fight. I mean, uh, fans out there, hey man, Huggy Fury's an excellent fighter. I'm like, said, who?
2: The guy's Are you are you mixing? He
4: he's better than Tyson. You know. I know. I know. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Are you mixing the two up? Do you think Tyson is Huggy and Huggy is
2: Tyson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit.
1: Called him huggy. That is hilarious.
2: <laughs>
1: um, I guess we could get into I, I wanna I guess we could do this uh I'm a wing this topic. It wasn't something we necessarily had established uh yeah. to put on the show, but it was, it was something that just broke last night. Uh Billy Ho Sanders is finally uh gonna face his mandatory? Is looking like in uh, uh what's his name, Evansil, Kurt um, yeah. that fight has been looking like they're gonna sign it for I believe July eighth, uh, according to what Frank Warren was saying on their telecast yesterday. Uh, before, Cece went in and knocked out Tommy Langford. Um, let me get you guys with initial thoughts about this fight because we seen a press conference yesterday post fight of. Kurt that where Billy Joe Sanders pretty much went on the tirade and, yeah, he, he didn't have his tea and crumpets or something. You know, he was just going home. <laughs> 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 Oh, I'm not sure if you guys caught it. I know I posted it in our group. Uh, I saw that but...
3: weak ass shit, man. That was some of the weakest, fake outrageous <laughs> I'm talking about. Yo, the motherfucker was talking shit. You want to do this now? Got the fuck up! I I will tell you right now, that motherfucker was happy. Everybody was holding him back. He was talking all that shit. <laughs> it was horrible. Man. Like you know how niggas be selling wolf tickets. You know Two you K. Know yeah, you know what I'm yeah. Go, yeah you, know. you know, get all riled up and loud and shit. Motherfuckers had to hold him back and shit. They do that shit because they motherfuckers scared. Because H K was over there. sitting like, yeah, yeah, okay. He says something. He got up. He was quiet. But he's looking at him like, yeah, come on, let's do it. Like, really ho is scared, man. He's scared. Man, you want to say yeah. this is still a fight? Yeah, I understand all that shit. Yeah,
1: but. He's I mean, the funny thing is, why are you going to sit up there and talk all that shit to a dude that don't speak no English anyway? You know
3: what I'm
2: saying? <laughs> 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 I know my fucking man.
1: He clowned, him, call, call, he clowned the shit out of him, calling Danny DeVito, but this motherfucker from Georgia,
2: the Republic of Georgia, you don't know what the fuck that is. Yo,
1: shit.
2: WBO Champion. This nigga's a WBO Champion, Danny DeVito. Shut the fuck up, nigga. Yo, I'll tell you know what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The only thing I got out of that little, little fight or little uh, whatever the fuck that was was that I was correct
4: in my thorough analytic assessment of Billy Ho Sanders eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when he's not training. I fucking knew it. Look how fat
6: that <laughs> nigga was.
1: <laughs> and
4: he
6: had
1: a special <laughs> um, polo still, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey. The, the guy in the
4: shirt was hugging his fat, dog. I'm just happy, you know, I get you know, when I get predictions right, you know, I'm like, whatever, you know, that's so it it fuck the prediction, it's all about the breakdown. But I'm truly happy about this shit, dog, that I was right about this nigga being the king of the peanut butter sandwiches, dog. It's it's clear. That that's what he does. I also said the nigga sits on his couch when he's not fighting and eats two bags of Doritos. You know what I'm saying? And one thing he the that damn two bags. I'm talking about the family size bags, nigga, the ones that cost like three $300, dollars and fifty cents at HEB or at Walmart or whatever. That's what the nigga oh, hell <laughs> <man. laughs> He need two bags of those,
2: dog, one sitting. Oh, fat-ass <laughs> motherfucker. Sit your ass down. I can't stand the, Billy Ho, man.
1: The way he looked yesterday, like, he was out of shape in his last fight, but the way he looked yesterday, he's going to need every bit of his time to make 160. I mean, <laughs> he
2: going to need every bit
1: of his time between now and July to make that weight. I mean, he I couldn't you,
4: believe it, dude. I couldn't. And you know what? It looked like Andre Rosier wanted to fight that nigga. Yeah, I was Was pissed.
2: You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Shit, I was
4: side with Rozier. Like,
2: nigga, get that motherfucker to gloves. Fuck
1: courtesy. Yeah, that, that is real talk, man. That is real talk. I mean, I was happy to see Rozier stand up for you know my, my you know my fighter can't speak English like that. I'm gonna get some some jabs in on your fat ass. You know what I'm saying, Billy? Yeah. Rosa. I was happy that Rozier said, uh did that. You know, he stood yeah. up for his fighters. Uh Yep, I. <laughs> it definitely would have seen, been funny to see things pop off there, though, because you know uh, Corsese looked like a damn Greco-Roman wrestler. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it would have popped off. Um, but, yeah, I guess we got that one out of the way. I'm, I'm looking forward to it just because I've wanted to see Billy Ho silence, you know what I'm saying? Does this motherfucker fucking been, like you said, he's been hoarding the belt and doing nothing but talking, you know, and, and he put been able to put no fights together in the time he's had it since, what, 2015, when he won it? Uh, oh, hell yeah.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. that is, that is one
1: when he beat uh, Andy Lee. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. But, yeah, we'll go ahead and go into our next topic. That was actually uh, playing right there. I just wanted to put it out there because we, we saw the uh, press conference last night. Um, uh, our next topic would be – uh, what are we looking at here? Adrian Broner, man. Uh we, tell, oh, yeah. man. I, we 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 see we see we see people about him for for uh, okay, let me uh do our little intro to to it, man, our segue. Um we seem to be talking about Adrian Broner for everything but, but boxing these days, or at least the uh the last couple weeks. Um he was arrested uh after being uh I guess his vehicle was shot at while in Cincinnati. Um and he still got arrested for getting shot at, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Um, but, you know, um, you know they got video of him on TMZ and all kind of other shit right now. Let me go ahead and let Bernard to chime in on this and, you know, give his take on everything that's happening. Okay. The
3: fact is, Rona got arrested for an outstanding warrant, an OBI warrant. I believe it was um, for a pass. DUI or driving under influence, something like that they which kinda makes me kinda wonder uh about the uh what's the word? The situation. Not really the arrest part because he got out of jail what was that last year?
2: Yeah. Or, uh, uh, beginning, so, beginning, beginning, yeah, 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 last year
3: for the other, for the, for coming in late to court and being drunk in it, you mean to sit there and tell me you didn't, the police didn't uh, check that warrant at that time or whatever during that time and all that, I kind of, that, that's bullshit on law enforcement. I'm not really mad at that because here's the funny part. He's been stopped since then by the police. You mean to sit there and tell me you didn't, that warrant didn't show up. You know what I'm saying? So, It is happy to conveniently show up during the time he got shot at. I'm not taking this side, as it may sound like the people. I'm not taking this side. What I'm just saying is on that part of the warrant. Now, him getting shot at, you need to understand, man. Yeah, you may be a man of the people. You out there back in your hometown in Cincinnati and everything, but the wolves are out there, too, looking. So you being flashy, flashy your jewelry, your money, going to these clubs. I guess to prove that you still in the hood, and the hood still loves you. Fuck the hood, dude. It's not even worth it if it's your life. You know what I'm saying? You got god damn, you got hella kids and hella baby mother.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
3: and, a, and, a, and a chick you call your wife that I don't I know damn well you ain't get married to her yet.
4: Let me just <laughs> say, so he got two wives.
3: In the video. Yeah, he got two. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out the second one, y'all. <laughs> that nigga
1: lying. I mean, I mean, <laughs> the fuck fucking shit, man. didn't one of them just leave him for something? or uh, <laughs> I don't, don't even know something? about that part, man. He, called, he said
3: he got only two holes, his mama and his wife, When he said on mm-hmm. Instagram. I'm like, God, <laughs>
4: shit, so, that nigga lying. That a you know, young ass lying ass nigga, man. That's what the fuck he is. He got that young nigga mindset. Young niggas no, lying, they dick giving, so much. is ridiculous.
3: Yeah, I, will, I agree with that young nigga mindset, man. But dude, you about to be thirty, man. You need to get that shit out the shit out the uh out the way, man. It needs to stop because you're now at a level where you are you are a celebrity. You technically are a celebrity. Being a, uh, a boxer, and you're, you're charismatic, but you're a target too for what you're doing. You don't need to go to the hood to prove yourself, man. Let that shit go, man. Fuck that shit. If you go to the hood, go back to help them out at least. Do the uh, the turkey giveaway, the boot bag giveaway. Do whatever you need to do, man. No. Do that shit. No. Fuck no. that club yeah. shit is for the birds, yeah. man. Motherfuckers do that shit. Muff, there motherfuckers that live for the weekend. That were not or five to live for just to be in the club for what to show off some shit that the other motherfuckers and that motherfuckers really don't give a fuck at the end of the day. Yeah, we right don't up. care. I don't want to hear you. I didn't even, don't even like the story hearing him getting shot at. But hey, I won't play devil's advocate here. We don't know what the situation was. I did look on his Instagram and Snapchat that yeah he took a picture that he was lucky he was in the club and he could have been in the club, could have been relaxing, could have been chilling, could have left. Hey. Now, from that time point forward, I don't know what happened. He couldn't ever say anything. Malcolm could have been a target. But understand this: you are a target. You should probably, with all that money and jewelry and stuff, buy clothes and shit. You should probably be investing in the security team, like um, uh, the money team, like your boy, uh, your big bro, Mayweather.
1: Uh, bro. You know, you know how it is in the hood, man. I don't need hood niggas. You know, what I'm saying that despite celebrity, you know, we don't need security. Yo, right? He's no, in the jail.
2: jail. Man, fuck that shit, man. I mean, I mean not he, he's on? actually man, he's look,
1: doing man. a lot of shit to make himself a target. Like, what did he post earlier? Like, I know I'm going to die young or something on his uh, Instagram or something. Like, he's just been doing a whole Agent, lot of Agent, man, shit. Agent, Bro, Agent Broner, man, he, he got bitch tendencies. And no disrespect to yeah. females out
5: there, no disrespect to females out there, but this nigga, yeah, yeah, he got he got he got a motion like a female. He gotta be loved, yeah. hugged. Oh, he great, man, has got to steal a brother's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? to be, I gotta be, like, I'm tired of, I mean, look, man, i still a fan of Mr. as a fighter, but, dude, I'm not about to get out here and do what Bernard said, this nigga know what to do, this nigga need to invest in a fucking home in the suburban area where nobody can know where he's is in, but his kids and his mama, you know what, Yo. what I'm saying? This nigga, this nigga out here in Cincinnati, and my sister's stay in Cincinnati, you know what I'm saying? My older sister, and his roughest fuck out there, he ain't no celebrity. he's just a nigga with money. You know what I'm saying? Exactly.
3: And, and, yeah. Exactly. And hey, that's you know, yeah. I, I a a I shit. Yeah. I got one of my guys, literally, got a family member, if not married to, but know, they know the bronies.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Them motherfuckers on some real shit, some wild motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Don't let the, he
2: said. No, that's why I said he I, a, He's just a nigga. He's just a little nigga with money. That's yeah, yeah.
3: Mean, was, yeah, that's a nigga with money because we were talking about him the day before. Then I text the nigga? I said, "Yo, here's this article." He like, "Yo, nigga, I'm not even surprised about them niggas. Them niggas on, on that other, on the I think they on the west side of Cincinnati. Them niggas are wild. They, they he literally knows they family. They be on some shit. They be on that bullshit." Man,
2: look, man, motherfuckers,
5: it, it, it be it, like, it's black. brothers and sisters out here that would love to have the money that some of these athletes have, or the opportunity of least, yeah. you know, that would fucking cherish that shit. Wouldn't do no wrong with them. wouldn't do no stupid shit like this. And you got these motherfuckers, the guy that got it, don't know how to act. I understand when you first get to the point you do stupid shit, you buy expensive shit. But as you continue to, you know, get, you know, more money and more money, you should wise up, man. Like, he knows what the fuck he's doing. He want us right here talking about his ass, man. Fuck him. Fuck his boxing career. So that nigga can't be saved by Floyd Mayweather. Can't be honestly saved by his kids. Cause, shit, I ain't got kids yet. But
3: hate if, if, kids, if kids don't change you, nothing's
5: going to change you, man. And that's as simple as that. You
3: know what I'm saying? Al so, Hamann needs
2: to feed him to Earl Spence. And he's needs no. to feed him. I mean, he's, lost, and he's lost, lost. He's lost. Right, yeah, lost that, ain't gonna do do that,
1: that ain't going to do nothing. He just needs to put his ass on another kind of timeout. I mean, you know.
4: Yeah, yeah like
5: Swan like said, man. Don't, don't I answer mean, the call we, Like Andre was saying, don't answer his phone call.
1: Don't start a call. We, we, we've seen what happened to Nicholas Walters when he went against Father. <laughs> you i know, Sit your ass down for a year and think about this, buddy. I mean, because you ain't going to have shit coming in. You know,
5: he's still going to find his way in trouble because he's he going to try to think he, he's Rick Ross and rap with MMT. I mean, he just in his own way, man. He don't care about his own life, so why should we even care about now, trying to give him advice? or
1: out? am I correct or wrong, this? I swore he had moved to Atlanta.
5: That ain't the place okay. where he can go to That nigga represents another case <coughs> down there. So shit, that nigga needs to get away from Atlanta and go somewhere, Utah, or somewhere in the Montana, or somewhere from, you know where. Oh,
1: Utah, yeah, like somewhere. I mean, for I mean, but even in Atlanta, you know, what I'm saying shit could pop off there. But this is happening in his hometown, and you said you were getting away from your hometown to avoid these situations. So why the fuck are you always in that getting in shit regardless? I mean, so I I don't know, man. Hey. be
5: that nigga, he gonna be forty. He's gonna be forty years old if he, if, if, you know, if he's fortunate enough to live that long, still be with the sagging pants, with the jewelry, with the gold in his mouth, while everybody else is mature. He's and, going through
3: it. He's like the modern day Zab Judah. By the time he gets forty years old, like Zab Judah is, he'll mature and shit after a couple a lot of bullshit and everything going through a lot of shit. He'll mature. I don't know, man. If the shooting even. You know what I'm saying? I don't think the shooting really, in my personal opinion, has even made an effect on him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got, I got two guns in my arm. You know what I'm saying? This, and that, like, I just got shot at. Man, if yeah, I was, 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 you know
2: what? I'm gonna go ahead. I
4: hear I, you know, every day you brought us the sand. and I, you know, I don't, I don't really have this position because I, I get two shits about Adrian Broner. I haven't even thought about it the I really don't give a fuck about the nigga getting shot at or none of that because the nigga keeps putting himself in these type of situations.
2: But I'm yeah.
4: going to go ahead and quote what Blood Boxing said, man. Shout out to Blood. This nigga said Adrian Broner, this is what this is his opinion, Adrian Broner paid some nigga to shoot up a car. Not with Broner in it, obviously. He's just shot up a whip. Broner gets in it. Talked about, hey man, I should have had a cut pull you over, nigga, put you back in the spotlight. <laughs> and you know what? It's funny because a scenario like that is not too far fetched. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. hey, yeah. all this shit that shit
3: that's going on from a couple weeks ago, like, damn, that's some attention seeking shit.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I was getting ready right. no, right right to use
4: your plate too. I was getting, I was. I was getting ready to use your phrase and quote and and uh and quote you on it, you know, attention seeker or like Bernard says, absolutely. So you know, shit yo, you
3: right, 2K. The door was what? shot up where you could he could have been hit. And You mean just to tell me you didn't get hit?
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, man, I'm sad, man. Hey, yo. <laughs> I mean, even even
1: Suge Knight caught a shell, and he he was the one that supposedly set it up. You know what I'm saying? Suge Knight caught a shell and set up. <laughs> but it was a rental too.
4: They
3: didn't shoot one.
4: It was a rental. They shot a rental up. Check this out. I remember. Y'all might not remember this because every time I mentioned this, a lot of people didn't see it. He posted it on YouTube and he took it down like literally like the next day. Adrian Broner, after he lost to Marcos Maidana, my wife remembers it because I think I had her watching it. Or I told her about it. After he lost to Marcos Maidana, he posted a video on his fucking um, YouTube channel basically stating that he is going to kill himself and talked about how he did sexual favors for men, you know what I'm saying, to, to actually get his... You know, you know, the whole entertainment industry, or they got that gay shit going on, like Puffy and all the other sad ass
2: niggas.
4: He said, no, 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 no. Don't say Illuminati because it's not that. That ain't it. That's not it.
2: Because Illuminati
4: is Illuminati the shit that happened in 1776, the inception of the United States. It's not the Illuminati. Now, what I'm saying is, the, the, the industry has all that bullshit involved in it. Adrian Groner talked about that shit. You know what I'm saying? And when he talk about it, he say, yeah, I did this, I did that, I did sexual favors, I did all this, I'm ashamed of all of it, I'm going to kill myself. I was fortunate enough to see the video. I was unfortunate enough to save that motherfucker to show it to all you guys. But I saw that shit when it dropped. I told my wife about it. I tried to tell other niggas about it, like, this nigga talking about it. he's fucking men and shit, you know what I'm saying, to get, get, get you know, uh, 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 more fame into his career. So my point is, people, if this nigga is able to say something like that, and that was a homemade video, so the nigga said it, okay? If he's going to go that length to say some shit like that, then I will not put it past him to hire a nigga to shoot up a whip, <laughs> the nigga to get in the car, and the person would get pulled over so the nigga can get put back into hey. fucking limelight. I will not put it past him.
5: Hey. I wouldn't put it past, hey, past him. May, that, hey, that Marcos Madona has what we did more than we thought he did, this motherfucker. Oh yeah. That motherfucker sent out the motherfucker's head. He, he went from all right, goofy, I can deal with it. That's funny. To this nigga, really a lunatic, close to fucking offing himself. So I bet hey, yeah. this nigga gonna do it he, before he kills himself. Even though this joke might not be funny, this motherfucker gonna have a tell-all book. Floyd shit gonna be exposed. Easter Junior shit gonna be exposed. All oh, that shit, man. And that nigga gonna no. I don't know. That nigga gonna be found hanging. So he ain't gotta answer the quick questions and shit. But I don't know, man. I wish more the best for
1: that um. yeah, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at man. I wish the best for him, man. But he, he's starting to yeah, make a clown out of himself. But well he has been making a clown out of himself doing all this shit. Um but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and go into our fight breakdowns for the upcoming week, man. Uh for our fights this weekend. Uh we got the big one, the the heavyweight uh like unification between Anthony and Joshua. And Vladimir Klitschko for uh, the WBA belt and Joshua's IBF belt uh that he currently holds. The WBA belt is actually vacant. Um so they'll be fighting for that one, uh the to unified together. Um ninety thousand tickets sold out mm-hmm. Wimby Stadium. I mean biggest fight in UK history, man. Um let me get you guys' this breakdown, starting with TK. Prediction as well, man, because yeah, oh. you, you, you got to. I mean, <laughs> okay, you notice I said I put it in there for a reason.
4: <laughs> and,
2: uh, you know, it's
4: not that hard for me, man. I'm having the same prediction for a while now whenever the fight was was uh came about. The main thing I want people to understand, uh, Anthony Joshua, man, I like him, so I hate to say this about him, but it's true. We don't pull no punches on here. We, we say the real shit. I like him a lot. But these fucking UK fans have overhyped the shit out of this dude, man. I mean, this nigga has his own motherfucking special where they talk about his life. And a UK fan, shout out to my man Everton, real cool dude. He's from the UK. The nigga tagged me in it. Crumpet, and it's a it's, it's a yeah yeah, aka the crumpet man. The nigga tagged me in it, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he's like, yeah, Yo, you know, check this check this you know bio pic out. I'm like, why? The nigga's only like 18 and 0. <laughs> I mean, You're
2: like 23 niggas, years old. Well, yeah, what? Up?
4: Why am I watching a biopic of a nigga who <laughs> the only nigga on his resume is Eric Molina?
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like,
4: Eric Molina, Dillian White, and fucking Charles, Charles yeah, Martin, yeah. and fucking Dominic Brazil. Like, why would I care about a biopic on him? I mean, it's cool. I respect that they're, you know, they're, uh, uh, they love him that much in the U.K. Hell, we need that kind of love here in America. Andre Ward deserves, deserves like, five fucking biopics, and he can't even get one. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the nigga, the nigga got a Jordan brand, and that's it. Nigga can't get nothing else. I
2: mean,
4: it, so I mean, I respect that, but they have completely overhyped this guy. Okay. Number two, another thing I want people to understand: they talk about Anthony Joshua going to beat the shit out of Vladimir Klitschko based on Vladimir Klitschko's last fight. That makes absolutely no sense. Vladimir Klitschko's last fight, he fought a tall, rangy boxer from the outside who utilizes movement in Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury made Vladimir Klitschko become an inside fighter, which is something that Vladimir Klitschko has never been able to do throughout his entire career, okay? Anthony Joshua does not have the movement of Tyson Fury, Okay. He doesn't have the, the reach advantage Tyson Fury had. Tyson Fury had a three-inch height advantage and a three-inch reach advantage. Uh, Champion Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko, the same height with the same reach, I believe. Or, or Joshua might have one Joshua, inch on him. Yeah, yeah, I think Joshua got the bigger. He has one inch.
2: inch. I
4: that he, has one, he has one inch on him. That's not enough to nullify Vladimir Klitschko. Vladimir Klitschko has fought plenty of guys and very good guys. Uh, that had a height advantage or just a reach advantage on him. You know what I'm saying? So that's not enough to nullify what Vladimir can do in the ring, okay? You got to understand, Anthony Josh was very stiff. I was watching him train just recently, man, for this fight. Man, it looked like the nigger, the, he's so stiff, you know what I'm saying, like his upper body, he has no upper body movement. Yeah, you know I mean, he, he has no fucking head movement? He may do this like this dip to the side, and UK fans are like, see, see, look, he's moving his upper body. They're like, no, nigga, that's just two dips. Like, hey, mo- moving your upper body is continuous movement, dog. You're you're trying to you're trying to uh, uh uh throw your opponent's timing off with your movement, dog. That's that's upper body movement, not just two fucking dips, and then you go back to being stagnant. You know what I'm saying? His footwork is not. Tyson Fury, he's not going to move laterally all around the ring. He's going to move forward and move back. What, what uh, Anthony Joshua likes to do, he'll stand there he'll bounce. Uh, he does his bounce, and then he stops and he plants again. He backs up, bounces, comes forward, plants again. That's what Anthony Joshua does. He doesn't move around the fucking ring like Tyson Fury does. Number three, they both have great jabs for giving Vladimir Klitschko's uh, resume and everything he's done in his career, the fucking second highest uh, uh, title defenses in heavyweight history behind Joe Lewis, he's got the better goddamn jab. People need to stop telling me that Anthony Joshua's got a better jab than Vladimir Klitschko. That's fucking asinine. He's got the better jab. He's the smarter fighter. He's more experienced, okay? Another thing niggas need to watch out for, if Anthony Joshua's going to stand in front of him and Vladimir Klitschko leaks in with that left foot, oh, my God, ask who got pull off about that shit? That catches niggas. And Anthony Joshua is going to be there to get hit by that, okay? I don't know, man. Look, (laughs) I'm looking at the experience. I'm looking at a lot of things that Anthony Joshua needs to work on. Um, I feel that in order to beat Vladimir Klitschko, and I've always said this, you got to do two things. You have to get inside of Vladimir Klitschko and don't allow him to have uh, uh, the distance to be able to get that, that one-two off or his check left hook, right? Um, Alexander Preveca was trying to do that, but Vladimir Klitschko kept holding him and he kept pushing off, okay? But you've got to do that. You've got to get inside of him. Like Corey Sanders did and what Ross Purity did, you've got to get inside of him and Lehman Bruce. You've got to get inside of him, okay? Or if you have the height and the reach advantage or just the reach advantage, you've got to outbox this, nigga. You've got to keep moving. You've got to make him try to pressure you, Okay? Looking at Anthony Joshua, he's not going to do neither one of those things. He's not going to move around and make Vladimir pressure him, and he's not going to try to beat him on the inside because Anthony Joshua doesn't have an inside game himself. So we're literally going to be looking at two guys that are going to be standing in front of each other, and it's going to be a jabbing contest. If I'm talking about a jabbing contest between these two guys, I'm going with Vladimir Klitschko. That's my prediction. Man, I got Vladimir possibly winning a 12-round decision. If he doesn't get knocked out. And he may be able to stop Anthony Joshua. Remember, Joshua was hurt pretty badly nice against Dillian light. White.
2: Yeah.
4: Yep, Dillian White. If Dillian White didn't fight like a drunk nigga on skate, you know what I'm saying? Motherfucker just no balance whatsoever. If he had good balance, he would have knocked Anthony Joshua out after that. But he had several balance. Vladimir Klitschko has excellent balance. And guarantee if he hurts this motherfucker in the same manner, Oh, it's lights out, man. But I got clicks go by 12 rounds of two. All right. That's in an analysis, as usual, from
1: 2K. Um, let me give it to the rest of the panelists on this one. Um, dude, I hear you yawning. No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: let,
1: me to, uh, let me get your, your, uh, your breakdown and, I guess, uh, your thoughts as far as how the fight's going to hit, man, prediction. Well, y'all seen
5: my prediction earlier this week. Um, I like Anthony Joshua as a fighter, but to me, he's robotic. Kind of sluggish at times, and he's hittable. He was getting hit by Dominic Brazil, whether you think it was just because he was playing with him and he was allowing that shit to happen. I think that too soon is his fight with Vladimir, and we could be wrong because Vladimir has been knocked out four times in his career, or not uh, three times, excuse me, knocked down multiple times uh, in his career. But this is a Vladimir we were talk, talking about before he got with Emmanuel Stewart. <clears throat> and I think that his power, and I think that he's motivated to show everybody that the fight 18 months ago against time period was a fluke. And like C.K. said, he was fighting a guy who was not could move, <clears throat> awkward, you know, who was awkward who was confident, you know what I'm saying? And Vladimir was always the guy who had the significant height advantage, you know, going into his fight up until that moment. I think his experience, his power, his jab, you know, it everything that he's motivated to, you know, with the titles on the line, I think that he's going to stop Joshua in the eighth round. Clean stoppage, not a TKO. Brutal fashion, right hand or the left hook, whichever one comes first. Mm. It'll be all she wrote. You know, for uh, Anthony Joshua, and maybe people start calling him David Price 2.0. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to see. I could be wrong if I'm wrong. I don't give a But I think that uh, he's going to catch Josh, Joshua slipping with a straight right hand, and Joshua's going to pay the price because I don't believe in his chin like everybody else does. All right. Um. The.
1: This- fight has definitely been built up to be like it's a passing of the passing of the guard or a passing of the torch um between Klitschko and Joshua um they did a special with Johnny Nelson that I haven't necessarily watched yet but I'm I'm going to have to get into it um but there's a, something put out there about I guess uh, Klitschko has already had already had the psychologi- psychological advantage over yeah. um, Joshua there's something put out there yeah, there's something put out there uh, earlier um just Last night or yesterday or this morning, that I saw, where they're saying, based off of what they saw in that uh, Johnny Nelson segment, with when the two had their face off, um, Kliska already has a psychological advantage over Joshua. Um, and this is a guy with only 18 fights. Um, uh, there, there's some, some headstrong guys out there, but like I said, experience trumps a lot of shit. Yeah. You're talking about somebody that's just as accomplished, amateur as a Anthony Joshua, who was what, a silver medalist, I believe, or a gold medalist? I know no, both of you them know, gold,
5: gold medalists. Both Go, both
1: okay, okay, okay. so he, he has an accomplished amateur background and the acclaimed, you know, the 10-year unbeaten streak. Come on now, man. He He's seen the works. And, like, uh, let me get Bernard's take on that, man, as far as the whole buildup to this thing as it being the passing of the guard. Did you see that? in that being uh, the scenario here, or how do you have the fight looking at or turning out? Oh. You know what? This is one of the
3: situations where it's the young, up and coming five versus the experienced veteran. Uh, I don't – we know but, um, Bashir, Uncle James, is in Francisco's corner. I think that will play a major factor in it going against Joshua. I understand everybody on uh two K you were with Crystal and be cool, you crystal, right? Yeah,
6: yeah. Yeah.
3: Well you know you know what? I'm kinda gonna go on the uh opposite I I'm kinda really torn on this, on this fight, I'm just gonna be honest. But I'm gonna give the uh young gun gun a chance to uh go for the upset man and take the guard. I, I mean it would be a real big thing I've also heard about how his jaw is uh, questionable. So we're going to see. We know Chris would like to hit that one-two a clinch until he wears you down and not get you out of there. Uh, we know Joshua has power as well. So we it will, and we know Chris doesn't have a jaw either. So this is going to be a fight, man. I'm going to go with the young gun, though.
2: All right. Yeah. Uh, pretty interesting.
1: Um, I think I'm not even sure who the betting favorite is. I haven't looked at that. Not I sure. knew he had 2K's gambling ass. Um, he, he was going <laughs> 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 you
2: know, to be I'm going to have
3: to get my skin trying out and copy uh, 2K's answers, man, so I can go to the, uh, go to the uh, whatever the dude's name is to make the bets, man. Shit. Dude.
1: Uh, man, but um, I definitely uh, I have an interest. I guess uh, a weird outlook on this fight, man. Um, based on the Dylan White fight, man. I, I mean, i I just like he—he he was hurting that fight badly. He was tired. What? What? Seven? What, he was. He was really was like,
2: tired. Like he know, was gas.
1: What against Brazil or uh? No, nah, against that fight with White. Four, five. Nah, I thought the white fight went seven. I think but was. You know, he was winded and gassed, you know what I'm saying? And even the Dylan White fighting had to dig deep down to pull out that knockout, you know what I'm saying? Against oh. the Dylan White, that looked like shit. Oh, Against Eric Jussua recently. So I just,
2: man, we're talking like we're talking Clisto here.
1: We're talking Clisto. This is grades above that right here, you know what I'm saying? Uh I I just don't see how Anthony can do it. Like I I felt the same way that uh you know, T K and uh dude Cool felt about Joshua being a little bit too robotic, you know what I'm saying? Uh they'll show you that he's an athlete and doing all this other shit on the film, but it's not doing shit. I don't, like, it's not boxing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's doing cross fit training or, or some shit most of the time. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't look like he's doing shit to, to make him a better inside, you know, inside the ring fighter. Um, His pad shit, you know, this guy his like a trainer over, selling the pads <laughs> in, in, the, in the training session they showed there earlier in the week, I'm not sure if that's the same thing TK was looking at. Um, but, I mean, this motherfucking trainer was selling that goddamn network like he's going to kill. You know what I'm saying? Let's go I don't know. I mean, yeah. based, on, based on him getting gassed against White early, um, never going the full distance, I mean, all the muscle. I I I really don't think he can go full 12, man. Like, I don't. But, you know, that's been something even Vladimir struggled with, gas and in fight. So, Man, um, early, though. I think it was early in his career. Yeah, yeah, before he uh, got learned how to tie up a little bit more, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with, you, with y'all with you two on this one. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, has still has a lot left in him from what I've been seeing uh, from him in camp with uh, Jonathan Banks and uh, Uncle James Ali, you know what I'm saying? Um I definitely think Clifton has enough in the tank to the school youngin, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, I mean, Eddie Hearn, he, he was going to have to cash him out eventually. So, I mean, he might as well do it this way with the biggest fight in, in UK history at Wembley. Um, I definitely don't blame him for the move. You know, Joshua's young. He could always learn and come back from this situation. You know, there's nothing to, no loss or anything bad to take away from losing to a guy like motherfucking Klitschko. You know what I'm saying? So, so I mean, it probably was the best situation for, for Joshua to be put in, actually, as a, as opposed to being derailed by one of these younger heavyweights, if that was going to happen. But, yeah, I'm going to go with 2K and uh, be cool on their prediction, and I think Vladimir will win by decision. Um, I think there's a stop possible. Definitely a, a possible stop as possible in the later rounds, but um, yeah, I'm sticking with Klitschko on this one. And we got one more fight. I guess we could do a quick breakdown. I'm gonna let TK do this one. Uh, he's probably familiar with both of these guys a little bit more. I'm only familiar with uh one of the guys, which is Donnie Nietzsche. Um, he'll be making uh going for IBA flyweight type, fly, flyweight title this weekend against uh congrid non depec. Um 2K, let me get your thoughts on, on this fight. Um is this a kind of a gimme for uh for Donnie? It's ending?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you say is
1: this an ending for Donnie? No, I was saying is this a gimme, like a gimme fight. You know, oh, uh, oh I was
2: about to say like what <laughs> <man. laughs>
4: Yeah, I, I wouldn't say Jimmy. Um, I can't pronounce his name. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to call him Ralph. Uh, Ralph, you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs>
4: that boy Ralph, man, he, he, he's a pretty good fighter, man. He, he's been in there uh, with a lot of different guys. Um, but he's fought primarily in Thailand. So, again, you got another guy at the, at the smaller waist that pretty much has um, kept his entire career in Thailand, but he's always been a higher ranked fighter um, in the division. So you only got to worry about those guys. But I do think uh, Danny Iñárriz will come out big in this fight. Iñárriz um, has been a a, a guy that motherfuckers overlook, man. For a, I don't know why they overlook Danny like that. I mean he's ranked number three um, by Ring magazine at flyweight. I mean I don't. It's something. For a long time now, I, don't, I just don't understand why guys overlook Donnie Heta. You know what I'm saying? He only has one loss, and that shit was a long ass time. early, contest, early you know Yeah, very
2: early. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I don't know. He,
4: he drew with the cat. That, he drew with uh, Moises Fuentes. Um, maybe that lowered his stock. I don't know. Moises Fuentes was a high-level fighter at at 108 pounds when they were when they were at that that weight, but. I, for some reason, though, he's just a overlooked little guy. Even though he's, de- he's defended the WBO title, I think, what is it, eight times or six times or something like that, um, before he actually, I think he vacated it. Then he got the, he got, yeah, he vacated it, he got the Intercontinental belt, but now he's fighting for the vacant IBF. I mean, he's a very good fighter that, I mean, I don't know, man, I think he just, I think he needs to go look at the guys at 112, like Ioka, who just fought recently.
2: Um, uh, yeah. he,
4: need, he needs to look at trying to fight uh, maybe Drew Shemaine for that WBL title again. You know what I'm saying? He maybe needs to get a uh, John Casimir Casimiro, who's also a very good fighter at the weight. I mean, maybe he needs to start looking at the higher-level uh, guys in the division because... For some reason, man, he continues to get overlooked, and then he gets these fights with guys that he should be beating. And this is just going to be another one against Ralph. You know what I Yeah.
1: yeah. What well, is this? Is the second uh, fight in the in the weight class, right? I know his last one was against um, Edgar Sosa.
4: Yeah, well, Edgar, yeah, Edgar Sosa was in that was at one hundred twelve. Yeah, absolutely right. And then after that, uh, he spent most of his career at one hundred eight. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Um,
1: I'm actually surprised, you know, um, there was actually talks of him actually skipping this division initially to go up to fight, you know, the bigger names, you know, which it might have been a little bit far-fetched, but, you know, that's yeah. they, that was out there, that he was going after the guys like, uh, you know, um, Estrada, you know, all the other guys, you know, up uh, at Superflyweight. league um, Yeah which I thought would have been very good for his career, considering that he's going overlooked, like T.K. has said all these years. Man, he—he he, the guy could box his ass off if you've ever watched him. He, uh, he's very good. Um, yeah, dude, dude's, a, dude's a beast, man. And like I said, he struggled. I won't say struggle, but he had an early loss. And, you know, it's possibly due to him being from the Philippines and, you know, the the lower weight classes, which is always a problem here. Um, but he's definitely a guy. When it comes to the, the top pound for pound talks, he needs to be one of those guys mentioned. And um, uh, I definitely think he'll win this fight. Um, I don't want to you say know. this to me, but it, um, it, it looks like that to me more than anything. You know, considering the the uh, experience edge that Nia Test has, um, so I definitely think UD um, for this one. He was able to stop uh, Edgar Sosa in his uh last fight. Um he to he was able to uh, stop Sosa, I believe. Yeah. Uh so he, I mean, he it
2: went
1: it went to 0 he stopped the, okay. uh, Ronald Garcia before the Okay, okay, okay. So I definitely think um I don't know, just, just the hand speed and all that. He has a lot of work for him, even, uh, you know, coming up to this weight class that, you know, I don't think, you know, especially with Estrada uh, vacated, being in the last to vacate and move up. Um, I don't see anybody really fucking with him at,
4: at the no. end of the, the division. I mean. He gonna beat all, he'll, beat all he'll beat all them. He'll beat all them motherfuckers. You know what's fucked up is, you know what's really fucked up, and I, I had talked about Donnie Nantes a long time ago, you know, we're talking about like five years ago, back when Donito Donaire was that guy that everybody was talking about from the Philippines. Oh, my God, he's the next main Pacquiao. I was actually telling my fuckers that Donnie Nietzsche is a more skilled fighter than Donito Donaire. You know what I'm saying? And people were like, who the fuck is that? We don't know the niggas, so you're wrong. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's a testament to how the little guys, man, they are completely overlooked. I mean, you can have... Like a mayweather s type of nigga. And I'm not saying that Donnie Nietzsche is that. I'm just saying. This is how much to overlook. You got a mayweather s type of motherfucker at 108 pounds. Merchant cat. Motherfucker's not going to know who he, is, who he is. Therefore, they're going to act like he's a nobody. But Donnie Nietzsche is a highly skilled fighter. He's probably the second best guy coming out of the Philippines, and that's only behind Manny Pacquiao right now. You know what I'm saying? And that's just... Giving respect where respect is due for Manny Pacquiao's sake. Honestly, shit, I could say he's better than him at this point in Pacquiao's career. That's how skilled Donnie Mietze is. And it's it's a shame that he's not getting the the spotlight that he should, man. All right,
1: so we'll definitely keep y'all chimed in on the results of this fight. It'll be happening. uh, Let me see if they're having it, uh, where they're having this damn fight at uh yeah it's Philippines, yeah, so we'll definitely keep y'all tuned in. It's probably one we're gonna have to catch later on YouTube, which is usually common with the fights in that uh region um, I'm just now I caught the i o fighter a little bit earlier um yeah, but uh, with that said, man, we're gonna go ahead and go into our u o e and segment um on this day in nineteen eighty eight in France, Simon Brown. Which I despise because he knocked out one of my favorite fighters in Terry Norris, but that, that's another story. Um, he uh, knocked out Tyrone twice, Tyrone thrice to win the vacant IBF welterweight title in 1988. So big up to Simon Brown. That's the only time you'll ever get that shit from me. I, and we need to get a, a day to where we could talk about Terry Norris and mention his knockout loss to you. So hopefully, the
4: show falls on one of those days.
1: <laughs> you know what, Twan?
4: Let me I know you're not gonna like this, but fuck it, I'm about to say it. You know, a lot of niggas only remember Simon Brown when he got knocked out by Vincent Petaway and the nigga was still punching his shit while he was on his back.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's a like you say matter of fact, a lot of niggas don't know who that you know, they they see that clip. But they don't know who it is. Yeah, they're like, who is that yeah. Man? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And niggas be like, that's
4: Simon Brown. And then, you know, for motherfuckers that don't know who Simon Brown is, and they figure that out just by watching that clip, that is ingrained in their mind that that's who Simon Brown was. The nigga that was still punching air on his back. Simon Brown was a highly skilled fighter. As in, like uh, what uh, uh, uh Twan just said, he knocked out Terry Norris. There was a really skilled fighter, man, That that another guy that was, overlooked in his time, man. Highly skilled. Yeah, I
1: definitely want to say he was one of those guys that maximized, you know, he got the most out of limited limited shit, you know what I'm saying, because he, he wasn't yeah. the prettiest fighter out there. He might remind you of an uh, Iran Barkley, honestly, at yeah. those weight classes, but, you know, he got the most out of everything, and he, he made a mm-hmm. successful career for himself. So, a multi-time champion, which is something that probably wasn't really expected from him, you know, yep. um, so he definitely had a great career. Um, so big up to him, man. And that, that might be one of the few times you hear me say that because that, that shit still on <laughs> my mind thinking about that knockout.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: let, me, uh, let me go ahead and turn it over to Big Cool, man. He got the final blow for this season, man. Take it away, man. As you all
5: know, we just discussed a few topics ago. Anthony Joshua will be defending his IBF title against Vladimir Kuchko, and a lot of people are looking at this as a potential passing of the torch, although, you know, Vladimir is, you know, no longer the champion. He's been the most dominant champion, you know, in recent memory. And I think he's getting discredited and has always been discredited. You know, some of it has been on his fight style, but as you, you know me anyway, speaking of myself, as I've grown and watched more boxing, you come to appreciate all kinds of different styles, And, you know, what you appreciate most is a guy who's always professional, always in shape, always, you know, comes ready to fight, no matter who his opponent, you know, is. And that's what, you know, Vladimir represents. Yes, his heavyweight era is one of the weakest in history, but that isn't his fault. You know, he was born when he was born. And the guys that decided to fight, you know, and were heavyweights, and who it was, you know, but he fought everybody. Fought a lot of the guys multiple times. He, um, you know, avenged two of his losses, you know, and a lot of guys don't try to do that nowadays. They would say, you know, I take a L. L. Okay, well, it is what it is. But he was hungry and motivated enough to, you know, get Layman Brewster back in the ring and um, who else was it? I forgot who else was it that beat him um, back in the ring. And he tried to get Tyson Fury back in the ring, but Tyson Fury wasn't even scared of the rematch or, or his personal demons wouldn't allow that fight fell through. So he always attempted to, you know, get even with a guy that defended him um, that defeated him, and I think people are telling him short. Come, you know, this Saturday against Anthony Joshua, and if he does lose, so what? You know, he's going to be considered, in my opinion, top ten greatest heavyweights of all time, weak era, weak era or not. He he, you know, resembles just professionalism. You know who we don't really see a guy that big, you know six foot six, you know take you know cause, you know take good care of his body, always in shape, and you know just approach the you know with the right attitude of a professional any you know area whatever you you know you professional in. So I think that whether he loses or wins next week, I think people should you know recognize him and give him his props for being a great fighter, a great champion who fought everybody. You know he didn't. Pick out, you know, pick on the small guys. They came to him, you know, uh, the Morvich, uh the David Hayes, those guys came up to challenge him. He fought Tony Thompson twice. He fought Samuel Peter, who dropped him three times, uh, you know, and he still won. But he gave him a rematch. He, he fought everybody, you know, pretty much. He fought in the states. He fought, you know, everywhere. And, and like I said, I just want to give him props for being a great champion. Always showing that professionalism that we need. You know, he's an example to. These heavyweights now that you know if you work hard and prepare yourself, you give yourself the best chance to win. Even if you don't win, so if he you know whether he wins or loses next weekend, great champion, top ten champion, and that's somebody you should um, look up to in terms of how to carry yourself as a professional athlete. And you know, prosper him for having a great career. Even though I think he's gonna win, you know, great champion and, and prosper the uh, steel hammer for a great career. So,
1: that's all I got to say. That's what's up, dude. Cool. Good final blow for tonight. Um, I'm just wondering how the hell his non-personality having ass pull Hayden Panettiere. Ash still like, tripped yeah. tri- <laughs> me out, bro. Yeah,
2: taking, all nice our, taking
1: all our good, bitches. All our good. No, let me shut up, man, before I get yeah,
5: You can like, <laughs> <y'all. You> no. <can't laughs> like, nah. <laughs> you know, like yo, yo, good with Nah, I'm
2: with the, yo, shut up,
1: but You know, I'm thinking what you can't think. <laughs> <laughs> you let stay me with the Browns. <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me, let me, shut up, man. <laughs> but yeah, we would definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in this week, man, for another show. Uh, big up to our boy Bo who's been be on this week. So we definitely, uh, you know, we'll be looking forward to seeing you on next week. Um, I let my co hosts do their thing and get their own exits and where you can find them at. Uh, starting off with 2K, what's good, man? Let them know
2: where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at YouTube channel, on Twitter, and boxing God. Uh, You can find us on uh, the Movement Boxing Group and uh, Facebook, and pretty much another group on Facebook, but. I'm only active in like two or three. Of <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh,
1: let me pass it on. The big cool. Where can I carry where everybody finds you at? Hey, you find me at Jarrell Cash on Facebook.
5: Uh, like colossal Boston Talk Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at colossalcbp. Subscribe to us at colossalcbp or colossal Boston Talk ninety one. Like I said, you can find me on the movement you
1: can find me on 2K channel eventually. Find me on Bo's channel. We just cross promote, so wherever you find me, niggas, you can see me too. All right. Bernard. All right, you gonna have hold it down for you and Bo this week. Where can they, where can everybody see y'all at? Uh, you can find us on Truth and
3: Facts About Boxing on YouTube. Truth underscore facts box one on YouTube. Know I me mean on this, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram whatever that is, which one of the capitals I think is on Twitter. You can find us also in the Movement Boxing Podcast Facebook group, as well as other Facebook boxing groups such as Eastwick, Talking Boxing and Bullshit, SSS Boxing, Fisticuffs Boxing. And you can find us here on TalkShoot Radio, man. Also, you can find me on, you can find me, on Malachi and Bernard versus everybody, we dropped the episode. Yeah, got
2: dropped. <laughs> <Huh? laughs> For real, they they came out the motherfucking meme like through three years ago. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: but uh, came, you know, came out with an episode. Uh, I want to say late, early Saturday morning, man. So yeah, we we talked about the racism in um boxing and um combat sports. So. Yeah, man, y'all He's check that out, head. man. And um, either way, going. Yeah, uh, I probably won't be on 2K show after a long. After you know, I think he still got me on the band. He's kind of hating, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> he, is he, is. Uh, he said, said cool no. On ass ass cool on he that said no, He said no whole ass niggas allowed. You
5: no, know,
3: you know, be cool on that bullshit too. You know what I'm saying? Don't let me get on the interview, baby. I mean, the hate is real, man. Oh no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it's cool though. It's cool though. It's cool, though. I'm not sure, though. I, 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 hey, I ain't sensitive though. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to mute you like B or anybody else does. You know what I'm hey. saying?
2: But <laughs> you would, hey, it, look, look, it is what
3: it is, but no. Next, man. Uh, uh, gotta, uh, I, mean, gotta I might
1: need out. to mute you for making, hey. that, making that damn comment. Hey, Shit.
3: no, but I want to say something real quick, though. I want to put a new segment on the show. I want to give the Fuckboy a boxing award to Steve Kim on his recent comments about not knowing who Clarissa Shields is. That's all I'm going to say. If you don't know what I'll do is, I will put it on the Instagram. So follow us on the movement, D-A-M-U-V-M-E-N-T-B-P, on Instagram as well as Twitter. I'm going to, After the podcast,
5: I'm going to post it up. All
1: right. Um, he definitely deserves that one, man. thank uh, you, can. Yeah, I'm going to fucking be out of pocket on a lot of shit, man, but, you know.
2: So that'll be a new uh, segment, man,
1: That's one of the things where we say boxing me, uh, boxing people need to be in control of the media uh, within the sport, which it ain't. You know, that's one of she the gonna things. She's going to run into his ass. She's going to run his ass in the kitchen watch. She's she going to run into that motherfucker. <laughs> Oh shit. Like, shit. Shit. Like uh, she, she probably she probably saw him in LA last night at the damn Shakur fight. He probably was there. Top rank shit. He can't go to nothing PVC. So he might have been there. Should have tipped his. ass Should have tipped, uh, no yeah. yeah, tipped his ass up there. He better. Yeah, yeah. She should have tipped his ass up there. But uh, man. With that said, uh-uh, I guess I'm gonna do my, my outro. Um, I am Twine the Divine Liberty. Moderator of this thing, aka,
4: aka, That's your whack. <laughs> Where's my music? Man,
5: hurry up, man! Call. We got to start another show. Hurry up,
3: man! There
1: you
5: go. <laughs>
1: Man, fuck it, I, man! You know what we out? I, we out! I ain't even got shit else to say, man. Fuck, fuck where twine is at. Fuck where he at. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know I'm saying? Okay, I'm just saying. Yeah. Nah, make that nigga, fuck them. Fuck Twine. That's going to be my new hashtag. Set it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: nah, but we up out of here, man. We going to catch y'all that week,
2: man. Peace. <laughs> Oh, shit. Hello, ain't this shit ended? Well, yeah, this is the part you're going to have to edit, two gay. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were both the locals.
5: Them were, we would have to start the whole show I had to call us. <laughs>